Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Uh, this message goes out to Julius Randall's son. Uh, much like you, uh, young sir, we too hate the Brooklyn Nets. Facts. 1,000% facts. And there's no bigger hater in the room. Then the senior sports editor himself, he is your coach. He is my coach. He is the coach. Coach Duffy. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough, tough game to settle for a, a long two-pointer, a, the, the longest two-pointer shot in the NBA but with your foot on the line. Mr. Randall, you got to drive to the basket. We've had enough of the days of finger rolls and, and in and out of the hoop, man. We don't uh, need any more pain. No, hey, we don't. Hey, listen, I didn't go there. He did. Uh, he, listen, he can go there. I mean, it's very much fresh. That wound has still not healed. Uh, still very, very fresh. Yes, it is. But it's Masters Week, so golf edition today, right, guys? Oh, we're going to be talking about that and a whole bunch of parlay topics because that's what we do here. We talk a, to- a parlay of topics, shall I say, on the ODPH, but we definitely want you to join in the conversation on social media. Now, you can hit us up. I didn't even get a chance to tell the panel at our new web address. Ooh. So at www.odphpodcast.com. Nice. Oh, smooth. So you want to find out everything going on with us, you can go over there and hit up our Facebook account, hit up the Twitter, hit up Podchaser, drop a five-star review while you're there. And always remember, use the hashtag ODPHpod. We're just doing it a little fresh because we had to freshen things up for the new year here. But let's get into this week's episode, shall we? And we are going to kick off talking about our favorite show on TV right now. Mm-hmm. A little streaming if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty of it. But, man, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Have we thought this show was going to be as good as WandaVision, if not better? I you know I personally did. I thought it would be. You know, I feel I figured it'd be close. You know, it's one of those things that, like, multiple viewings and time has to go by before you can really, for me, order it and, and kind of put it in a list, you know. But, no, this this is bad. Like, WandaVision was great. WandaVision was awesome. But so far, for me, just being an action-adventure-oriented guy, this is awesome. Yes, Coach? Yeah, I um this episode was uh, definitely uh, – little more unraveling of the curtain. I mean, this is a definitely, you know, to, to uh, quote 45 a little bit here, deep-seated. Uh, there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of, of um, deep state, I guess you can say, within this Marvel Universe that we're still, you know, we thought were uncovered in, uh, uh, in uh, the Captain America movie, uh, Winter Soldier, but it's even more deep-rooted than we really realized. Once you start getting into the real dark side shall we say of the captain america legacy and involvement with the government you find that not everything is as polished and shiny and bright as everything is allegedly to be and you start going into this rabbit hole so to speak with our uh, protagonists here sam wilson and bucky barnes played by anthony mackie and sebastian stan who are doing an amazing job as always and they're now going into what is going on with the flag smashers and what is now forcing their hand to stop this threat 
They now have to say the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. Just, just real quick, though, the two of them and their fucking chemistry. Oh my god, yeah. is unchartable. It's they, it's incredible. They should be doing a Lethal Weapon remake in the next five years. Oh, fast. I know that it's gonna feel similar to this show, and but whatever. Like, I mean, these two are literally the the, the parent. The whole episode was just them and their one twos. The jab, the you know, the jabs back and forth were fantastic. And yes. then you now you sprinkle in a little Zemo, and I mean now you've got you got your Joe Pesci. Yes. Well, and I think part of that just comes from they obviously have a natural chemistry together, but I think also part of that comes from at least from the clips I've seen, they seem to get when when they were in the movies together or in the same movies together, they seem to get paired together a lot on the press junkets. You know when the, when the Entertainment Tonight's or the ABCs or you know the Entertainment Weeklies go in and do the video interviews, they seem to be paired together almost all the time. You know, right. so so having that little back and forth banter probably comes from all their time together. Yeah, it's, Aaron was watching some interview that they did recently leading up to the show. Uh, it, it was she always watches like the British that British show oh, that Graham, does the interview. Graham Norton. Yeah, and um, they were doing some interview, and it was just like you know it was like what if, and you know just their answers back and forth. Like one of it was like, would you rather get eaten by rocket or would you rather get sat on by the Hulk? And I think. Uh, uh, Bucky uh, said, "Like he'd rather get eaten by rocket." And uh, Sam was like, "That's a that's a painful death, man. Like that's slow. Like I'd rather get smushed. Like I'd rather have the Hulk sit on me and just and go. Like get to get. You ever got eaten by rocket? You ever had a raccoon eat you? You ever get bit by something? It's not fun. And like it was just." It was hilarious. Like, I'm sitting here. I'm trying to drive. And I'm like, you got to turn that off. I'm laughing too much. Yeah, no, they have just amazing comedic timing. And it really shows throughout this series. And as we're going to jump into the latest episode, episode three, entitled Power Broker, you really get that driven home. Uh-huh. Yeah. That if you were like, okay, this has been kind of easy going so far. But now that the stakes are even raised, you're seeing that brought out. And it's amazing to see brought to the screen. Just their con- chemistry their timing everything so we are going to be talking spoilers about episode three titled power broker so if you haven't seen the episode yet we are giving you fair warning now pause if you need to watch the episode and jump back into this podcast or be ready to be spoiled because we go deep dive in in three two one pad what did you think i I thought it was a great episode you know like coach kind of mentioned peeled back the curtain a little bit gave you some intrigue and again like most of these marvel episodes uh posing more questions than actually answering them Yes, coach. Yeah, I mean this it's just a more things are unfolding, more wrinkles are being added, you know, people that you thought are were good or bad, or bad guys or good guys, you know, the lines are really blurred right now as far as like what a hero is in the Marvel universe and you know, it's it's tremendous right now because it's so captivating because every time you think, "Oh, I've got this pegged, you know, I know what's coming next." You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, it definitely establishes that point because, like we touched upon in a little bit, that Sam and Bucky are now trying to figure out how to stop the Flag Smashers, and they notice that their super soldier serum is involved. And obviously the legacy of Captain America is at stake because mm-hmm. as while they're trying to solve this mystery, they have to deal with imitation cap yep. of John Walker. I mean, Wyatt Russell is playing him great because yeah. I hate seeing him on screen. <laughs> but he's doing a stellar job about portraying that. A true heel. Yeah, about being that heel, which I got no problem with his acting. He's done a great job. Oh, I, yeah. I just can't stand the character to save my life. But as we start going into the episode, we know that Bucky is taking things a little to the extreme. Yeah. That obviously they do have that budding chemistry with Sam, but Bucky decides to say, well, you know what? We really need Zemo's help. Yeah. 
And so what do they wind up doing? A little prison break action here. An amazing prison break, this side of Breaking Bad. Like but, this, hell yeah. But a prison break that was so well, it was, you know, it's well crafted because how many, I mean, how many times have we seen, like, so Aaron and I talked before the episode and she was like, how, how soon into uh, this do we start to see Zemo? And I'm like, oh, this episode's going to be them trying to get him out. Yeah. Like, that's what this whole episode's going to be. And then the first, like, five minutes, you know, they get him out of prison. And she was like, well, I guess you were wrong. And, you know, the prison break was fantastic because we've seen him a million times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? So this was a little bit different because it was Bucky basically walking through his game plan as it was happening. Well, there's 90 prisoners and only 18 guards. But this prison only has 16 guards. So that means that if there's a riot, that means four guards have to answer every riot. Bucky, and, and, Bucky thought about prison breaks way too frequently. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he's laying this plan out like perfectly and flawlessly. And it's like, you know, Sam's like, you're way too calm telling me this story. Oh, like, yeah. What's going on here? And then, you know, door opens. Well, and there you, he is. You have to remember his history, though. I mean, Bucky has had to do these covert operations for decades now. Oh, yeah. So, right. So for Sam, I think it's just sinking in that Bucky is really the winter soldier yeah. instead of just being Cap's friend. Well, and I think Bucky at least partially feels a little calmer about everything now that he doesn't have the proverbial leash of, you know, oh, you have to make sure you you attend your uh, government-mandated therapy sessions or else we're going to throw you back in prison. Now that those are gone, he's like, long as I'm not a dumbass and get caught on camera doing something illegal, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, just the comfort level they have for this is just truly amazing. And as we see... Bucky springs Zemo out of jail and yeah. Daniel Brule. What can you say about him? He has absolutely stepped his game up for this role. And not to say he wasn't brilliant before, but super charismatic. Oh, the charisma. I mean, is the just first oozing. 10 seconds where, you know, he's like, if I may add something, they both look, no. Yeah. You know, like, hey, well, well, time, Pat. Yeah. Good. Uh, you know, just the fact that they were like, uh, you know, and then he's like, uh, okay. Probably right. You know, and Should then I give the, you two a minute? Yeah, and then, like, defers for everything and then, like, starts explaining, like, his background, which, you know, we didn't really know much other than his family was killed in Sokovia. Yeah. You know, so then we start to see, you know, all the uh, the vehicles that they're looking through while they're in this uh, garage were his, and, you know, he, he finds a bag and a mask and everything, and you're like, oh, this is starting to add up. Yeah, they really tie into the history of the character, and you find out he really is a baron. So that was a cool moment. Yep, yep. That he's now on his plane and he's telling his butler too. I, I thought it was such a cool moment. Yeah, if we find any champagne that's, you know, bad, yeah, give it to him. <laughs> yeah, if any food's on your old, give it to them first. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. amazing. But then where this Well, that to- story, oh, don't forget the plane because there's a very deep interaction there where, you know, there uh, Zemo starts talking about, um, you know, his – why he went after the super uh, soldier serum and, you know, gods becoming idols and idols becoming, you know, worshipped and that can lead to character flaws that are forgotten about and why that's important to not forget about the flaws of a character because then it leads to, you know, the worship and, and you know, of viewing these people as if they're gods when they're not. And that was a very telling thing because, I mean, I think that really sh- speaks to what Zemo was after in that last movie because, you know, all these people, you know, all the things that they did, you know, the Avengers, 
yeah, they saved a lot of lives, but at the same time, you know, a lot of, you know, things were destroyed in their wake. And it's like everybody just forgives those moments and they forget about the uh, collateral damage, you know? Sure, the Avengers saved New York from the Chitauri invasion, but they also caused $4 billion damage. Right, so it's like, you know, and that's forgotten about, you know? Like, so it's really important that Zemo brings back the fact that, yeah, we understand that you guys save us, but at the same time, you also, there's a lot of collateral damage that you guys don't get pinned on and somebody needs to take ownership for that. And I mean, obviously, Zemo's family was one of them. His realism take about that yeah. was uh-huh. very, very telling. Dude should have been looking at the camera and talking to the audience. Yeah, it almost felt like almost like a House of Cards moment where you see Kevin Spacey's character talking right to yeah, the camera. Like, sure. If, yeah. he, if he did that, I would have been like, oh, okay. Because it was just so very poignant to really bring that out. And especially when you start thinking about what he's talking about and you relate it to John Walker's U.S. agent, or yep. uh-huh. Captain America. It's spot on. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. This, and this is where it gives him his motivation. So like I say, this episode really fleshed him out for people that only knew him from Civil War. Yeah, right. Because like you said with, with uh, John Walker, you know, fake cap. There are people by and large, you know, the ge- the general public are going to hold him up on a pedestal because he's the title and, and the, the logo and the costume and the shield and everything. But what we see, and because we have the benefit of being the viewer, you know, it's not something that people in the show can see. He's already shot one guy in the head and killed him, which is something Steve would have never done. Yeah. And then when they were going after uh, the Flag Smashers and they bust into the warehouse or whatever, he's ready to beat the guy's face in right then and there, which is, again, something Steve would have never done. You know, so people are going to hold him up to, oh, he's Captain America. Truth, justice in the American way. He's the best of our ideals. Uh, You sure about that? Yeah. But as we start going on to their journey, we do go to a magical place. It's not Tahiti. Damn it. But... I marked out like a madman about this because yeah. we had talked about this previously during the preview episode. They wind up in Madripoor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, are you both familiar with what Madripoor represents? I, I have familiarized myself with it, yes. No. So Madripoor is basically a Gotham City-like corrupt town, which is most notably known for being Wolverine stomping grounds. I mean, the general vibe I got off of it was like an inverse version of uh, Amsterdam. Yeah. Isn't it also kind of like a mutant hideout, too? It, it's been or used, refuge? It's been used uh, during some points in the comics. Yeah, like that's it, what that's that's what I was familiar with, it being you know a refuge for mutants. They, yeah, it just depends on a couple different story arcs have used that as that. But it's also been tied into Wolverine has hidden out there, created an identity known as Patch. Okay. That he is owner of one of the casinos there. So it's almost like his, I want to say his almost his fortress of solitude in a weird degree, like its own separate universe away well, from the Well, I mean, where would a man, man who wants to be isolated from the world isolate himself but a loud, obnoxious casino? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the ultimate yeah. hiding spot. Yeah. But it's somewhere where he just disappears throughout the comics. I mean, there's been some great stories throughout the years of him just in Madripoor and just how corrupt Madripoor. Like I say, it's like Gotham City. I mean, like I said, it's Amsterdam, but with, like, fewer rules and more corruption, if that's believable. Yeah, it's just absolutely a seedy place that is just on a whole different level. Well, not so much uptown, though. No, but downtown. Yeah, low, t- low town and up and high town <laughs> is just a, it's a whole different landscape. And they didn't have many friends uptown. No, they did not, because as they travel through, Zemo winds up arranging a meeting with Selby. Now, Selby is, I, I know has appeared in the comics, but is not really like a huge Easter egg. Yeah. yeah. People were running like, oh, it's the first mutant we've seen on screen. No. It's Mephisto. Yeah, it, it kind of was, some people were running with that, but no, but she was a high-ranking criminal there. And to see them in the club, 
Shout out to the best meme on the net right now, uh-huh. Zemo oh, dancing. Oh, Zemo dancing. The the Twitter handle, uh, Zemo Dance or Zemo Dancing. Yes. Follow it because I got lost in the rabbit hole. I'm not gonna lie. I love the one where they put the Mandalorian theme to it. Yep, I saw that one. There's uh, wearing sunglasses at night. I mean, there's a whole slew of songs with Zemo dancing, and I literally was just scrolling, scrolling, it, scrolling. It's the new version of Baby Yoda pushing the button in the ship. The yeah. Oh yeah, in the, in the, he pushes the button. Music plays. Then it stops and it starts. It's the new version. I, oh. And then everybody asking for the Zemo cut, so there's a longer thread Release of him the dancing. Zemo cut. Yes, yeah. I've already hashtagged that out. I have no shame in it. I need more of that. Damn it. But we see, though, they're in the club, and then they finally get their meeting with Selby. And then Selby starts giving up some information that we needed to know about. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hold on. Well, let's backtrack here. Let's not forget about Winter Soldier breaking out Winter Soldier. Uh, well, that's you know, true because they have their character. identities. Yes, yep. they do have their identities. So, And a creepy guy was walking up behind Zemo. And now let's, you know, let's not forget, Bucky hasn't really been on the offensive very much as far as you know being aggressive. Yep. And you know, uh, Zemo looks at him and just says, there's a man coming behind me. Get him. And yeah. he just, it, it, Zemo, I love it, just looks at Sam and goes, well, it didn't take him long to get back into character. <laughs> I, I, as soon as he said that, I went, no, goddamn, you're not wrong. No, because they're all playing a different just character. fucking dominated people, too. Yeah. I mean, like, that was like the Bucky of old because, you know, in the last few movies, like, Bucky, like, was, yeah. you know, post-Zen. Yeah, it was very, yeah, very calm, like, especially becoming the White Wolf and everything, like, mm-hmm. was very even Hi. keel. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it was like cool to see Bucky be Bucky again, and and just and absolute dominate people. And they used the musical cue from uh, Captain America yep. too, which which was awesome to see. Well, and it was good. And plus, I mean, because this is the dude that went toe to toe with Cap. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. I mean, and like when it's stuff like that, like it reminds me of wrestling. Like, if there's a guy like being built up as like the dominant heel going against the face, and then it's just a squash match mm-hmm. that doesn't do much for the bad guy moving forward. You know what I mean? Like he's done. But with Bucky, it was like, you know, he had such a run. And, like, this is the guy that you equate to being an equal or a little less than Captain America. And then in the last few movies, he's essentially gotten his ass kicked by everybody. So it was good to see him, like, actually put the whooping on people. Yeah, it's something that we haven't seen in a while. But this is something that Bucky is coming to terms with. Almost for him to go into that robot killer mode, the Terminator mode, if you want to call it. He knows that's bringing him into his past, so I think he's been really trying to stay out of it. But he knows to play this character, he has to go. Because I know a lot of people were hitting us up online asking, did Zemo take control of him? No. No. No, Is they're all being separate characters. Because I know that Sam's character was the Smiling Tiger, which is, yeah. an, which is an obscure New Warriors villain uh, to really tie into the comics, but it has nothing to bearing. I'll say to anybody who thought uh, Bucky was under his control, you're forgetting the line when he first meets Zemo or or, uh, meets Zemo again in the jail cell where Zemo starts saying, well, I think Sam starts saying the line or not Sam, Bucky starts saying the lines that would turn him, you know, turn the switch on and off. Yeah. And Zemo finishes them and Bucky looks at him and goes, those don't work anymore. Yeah. So I know that that was something that was given to Baby because how was Bucky just slipped in from zero to one hundred? Uh, as a, somebody once said, old habits die hard. Exactly, he just slips the switch and absolutely just lays waste to the fight scenes there. So I mean, another great action sequence too. And then they finally meet up with Selby, and we get the information that they've been searching for because they do find out that there's a former Hydra scientist in Madripoor that was hired to recreate the Super Soldier Serum. So this is a very interesting idea that we now have somebody trying to do Dr. Erskine's formula. Yeah, I mean, which not new in terms of the comics. We know people have tried to do oh, it for, for years. years, but for the movies, new. 
no, this is something brand new, and this is something that when you know the history of the power broker, which I know the name has been thrown around a lot now, and obviously you know that the power broker has hired uh, Dr. Nagel to uh, make his magic happen. You know that this is going to just lead into a new creation of super soldiers, and you know this is going to really give these heroes a challenge because yeah. now in this day and age where everybody's coming out of the blip, not everything is going to be cosmic-based. They're going to be trying to recreate a lot of the past, so to speak. And this is something that we've seen throughout the history of Captain America comics where somebody has always been trying to duplicate Steve Rogers but can't do it. Uh-huh. And to see the Flag Smashers get their hands on it has been very interesting because once they learned that there is doses that were stole, stolen by them, uh-huh. this is now heightening the stakes just a little bit. Yeah. And as we see that once uh, during this meeting with Selby – that Sam Wilson takes a phone call. Bad timing. Yeah. Awful. Bad timing. Got to put could the phone it, on vibrate. Got to, I mean, or, or could just, just sent sen it to voicemail. Yeah. Well, well no, he didn't. He, well, she wouldn't let him. No. He could have gone all wrong number. No, once that phone goes off, he has to answer it. And, of course, it's his sister, Sarah, who's, you know, trying to ask a lot of questions about the situation going on back home. And he's like, I can't talk right now. Well, and that was the one confusing thing was like, he's he's trying to give like answers that are in the vein of the person he's impersonating. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he talks about murdering the banker. Yeah. And his sister oh, just we, go, money, we laundered so much money through yeah. there. He's like, he's like, if they don't give us what we want, I'll murder them. Because that's what the person he's impersonating would probably say. And his sister just brushes it off, doesn't even like... Yo, your brother, who's an Avenger and like a worldwide known hero, just said he was going to murder a guy, and you're not going to like say anything about that? Yeah, yeah, it's just absolutely. Anthony Mackie was just doing an amazing job, just trying to just like switch characters. Just instead of being the cool, calculating gangster, he's like, uh, yeah, I, I can't talk right now. I I gotta go. I gotta also, go. I know he complained about his outfit, but dude, you look fresh. Oh, he was silent on that one. <laughs> he definitely was. But once the cover is blown, a bullet comes through and kills Selby. Thus, activating a bounty on our heroes. And a real, uh, again, yeah. John Wick moment. Yeah. Yes. Which absolutely lights up all through Madripoor. And this is just Didn't one. Didn't seem like it was all that much. I mean, I, I realized it was like a quick glance at the phones, but it only looked like it was like $1,000. It was a Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. That expl- oh, okay. That explains it. Yeah. Yeah, because at first. I couldn't, tell what, I couldn't tell what the logo was for like yeah. the, the, the whatever, like dollar sign, whatever it is in your country. And I, was, I just saw one can. I'm like, that doesn't seem like a lot. But now that you say Bitcoin, okay. So when we watched it, because uh, Aaron and I watched it on, I think, Saturday, because um, Finn likes to watch them too, my son. So I was like, all right, well, we had time to kill. So I was like, Sunday, we were like, all right, let's watch it. So we watched it back. I was like, so I thought the same thing at first too. I was like, 1000k that doesn't make a ton of sense and then i saw the bitcoin logo and i was like oh that yeah i would definitely be after them too yeah i just did a con- yeah. i just did a conversion 1000 bitcoins currently uh would equal out to uh 56,226,500 US dollars yeah no you're going to you're going to go after them yeah. yeah no that's that's more believable okay so once cover is blown accents are blown everybody is back to normal and they're running i can't run in these heels yeah it's just amazing line that they're just obviously picking up the action well, here. And Zemo in this scene too takes off the other way. Yeah, uh-huh. which I was like, so every time, like I was, I, oh my god, Zemo just went the other way. So thinking which that, is what we're expecting. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm waiting this entire episode for him to turn on them. And at every or to glance, just bail. Yeah, or just a bail. So every glance, I'm just like, oh, he ran. So I'm thinking, oh, he's gone. And then just two seconds later, he's back. So I was like, all right. Yeah, they're teasing that so well that we all know that he's going to turn on him eventually. It's just a matter of when, but they didn't rush it too soon. Or they, is he? 
Oh no, there. Or is he? Oh, it's Ooh. it's going to happen. I I will say that's probably the closest of a lock we're going to have for this episode or this uh, show rather. But as they're going through, they do get some help, some unexpected help. Yep. Yeah. As they find out an old familiar a friend guardian has angel, if you will. Yes. Ah. Emily Van Camp reprises her role as Sharon Carter. Spoiled by ABC that she was going to be in the episode. Yeah. I, I, Announcing I, she's going to be on Good Morning America. When we know she's going to be in the series at some point, but saying she's going to be on actual Good Morning America, not like in the show Good Morning America. Yeah. The day the episode drops. Yeah, I know. That was a bad play by them. They could have just said like, oh, hey, we're going to have a surprise a surprise guest from uh, Falcon Winter Soldier on our show this Friday, and it would have been fine. I yeah. mean, she's in the trailer, so it was inevitable right. she we, was We knew it was on. in time with just yeah. the tip off but when she, she was still, coming through. But, but it still would have been nice to have that like, oh, hey, there she is. You know, cool moment. It was like. Okay, yeah, we knew you were coming. Yeah, so we now have a great fight sequence. We have a great escape. Sharon Carter's catching up and basically saying that since they My returned life from the blip. sucks. Yeah, yeah. That she's not allowed back in the country. Well, it's not even from the blip. It's from uh, Helping them after, get their after, equipment. After, right after Civil War. Because yeah. we don't know if she got blipped or not. But her life has been hell since the end of Civil War. Yeah, so now she's a complete fugitive hiding out in Madripoor. And she is helping the team now track down Dr. Nagel. And they do take him to the warehouse scene, which we've seen this in the trailers many times. Yep. So now we finally get the payoff that he's secretly been working on the serum uh, under the radar of everybody. Well, well, under the, not, well originally. not originally, because he got contracted uh, by, I forget who, and I'm trying to dig it up, but he got contracted. Well, CIA. Yeah. Oh, CIA. He got was... contracted by the CIA to come up with the formula. Then uh, he turned to dust. Uh, and disappeared, and when he came back, there was zero interest, or nobody wanted anything to do with him. Yeah, which I thought that was a very interesting way to to explain that, too. Yeah, I feel like it wouldn't matter if somebody's developing maybe a better version of the serum. Depends on your opinion of it. Uh, you know, if somebody's developing the super soldier serum that, like, you can, you're going to be able to use ad nauseum whenever you want, you wouldn't care, like... Okay, five years is bad. Like, that's still valuable. Well, the way that I picked it up was he got blipped, and then somebody probably picked up his research. Mm. And, you know, he when he was blipped back, that's when the power broker, you know, kind of snuck in there and backdoored, you know, the U.S. government by, oh, we I found the guy making the serum. I'm going to take him and... and stash him away so to speak yeah it's a very interesting play they they did with him and i know that it left the door a little bit open because as we find out he reveals that 20 doses of the serum have been taken by the flag smashers yep so as this information comes out zemo well there's also uh i want uh new rock stars pointing this out in the little you know easter egg video uh there's a really interesting edit during this scene too and they talked about a couple other times too like when uh the flag smasher, because in this scene too, she's also going to see her mom, right. who's sick. Uh, and there is this weird edit where she's like walking in, and somebody's talking to her, and we don't know who exactly is talking to her. And uh, they hired a really big name actress to be her mom, and her mom had no lines whatsoever, and, and you know eventually dies or succumbs to uh, whatever illness she had. So their theory was that there was some sort of like viral thing that was released post blimp which is what the flag smashers were originally uh upset about that when the people came back from the blimp some disease sprang and a lot of people became ill so that's why the flag smashers are so mad at the people that returned from the blimp and it got edited because obviously what happened with uh covid you know a little high sensitivity there yeah so that you know they went and did some reshoots and everything so um 
and I mean, when you think about the fact that they were stealing vaccinations and they were um, after uh, meds, you know, in the original scene kind of adds yeah. up in a way when, yeah. when you really start to put the two and two together. And when you start to watch some of the edits and especially the fact that I watched the, the post video Saturday and then Sunday watched it again, you know, with my son, I picked up on the bad edit and I'm like, Oh fuck yeah! That doesn't. That's not a smooth transition. I mean, it could have just if if that's the case, I, I get why. But I feel like it could have just as easily been explained that like, hey, the Infinity Stones got used twice. Yep. On Earth, there's a lot of gamma radiation getting spewed out into the world and and across the universe. Like you can just chalk it up to that. Yeah, I mean, or I just I mean, let the you know let let it be what it is. I mean, I know like there's sensitivity to it, but it's real life, you know. So I mean, you almost could tie it into real life and have that sort of uh, that um, a connection, you know, so to speak, like to it, where it, like you know you would feel what the characters are going through because we're going through it at the same time. Um, so, I, but yeah, I guess there was a lot of bad edits, and that was you know one of the scenes in particular. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they did the smart move by not doing it. Like I see, yeah, your, I, I, mean, see I, I, I see your point though. Six half dozen of another. I mean, you take the route and you edit it all out, and you know you people feel better about it because yeah, it's a really sensitive topic, or you leave it in and it's controversial, but I mean it's relatable because it's, it's life. It, yeah, no, I I fully get you, but I think for where they they did the right play by not having it in, I think that they could explain it later if they wanted to because the one thing now that you're mentioning about a virus going I don't know if they would try tying in either the Terrigen Mist from Inhumans and maybe kind of play that down the road right so that could be something or depending if they want to say Flag Smashers and Mutants and that whole nonsense it would be the Legacy Virus so I know that's kind of deep diving. And, I mean, it's and, a long it's, way it's, away it's, from it's seeing whether it pays off or not, but that's just something that he pointed out where I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that was a really, that's a weird edit, you know? Like, I mean, all of a sudden you see uh, Zemo grabbing for the gun, everything's off camera, mm-hmm. and they name tuberculosis out of nowhere, and then all of a sudden, boom, the next, that, that scene picks up right with Zemo standing right next to him, and you're like, Ah, uh, that's kind of weird. It's a weird edit, but it, like I say, I I applaud him for doing it. Yeah, because I, with these shows, this is kind of an escape from everything's going on right sure. now. Sure, so, no, and I yeah, get yeah. it too. But yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just like um, uh, you know, obviously they address the cultural issues with yep. uh, Sam and now you know the the other uh, Captain America, Isaiah Bradley, Isaiah Bradley. So like they've already done that controversy, and I mean, obviously that's still a very hot topic button of conversation in America right now. So it's like. You know, you address that, but not the other thing. It's kind of like you know, you could have just done both, or maybe they would have felt like that was overload on the that's on the you know the social uh, commenting for Disney. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's just something that I like. I see the point of both. Yeah, but I do, uh, and like I, I do I too. I I get why they did what they did. I mean, a fucking a lot of people have died from what's going on Absolutely, with COVID. Yeah. So, so it's you, like you you can't you gotta do. yeah. It had to walk a very tight rope. Yeah, and I and I think that's a smart move to do it to switch it up like that. Like I say, if they wanted to try doing the the virus angle down the road, like the Terrigen mist, yeah. you have opportunities for that. Should you want to do that? And like I say, with the mutants being involved too, if you want to do the legacy virus, but like I say, that's, that's kind of a different whole ball of wax too that. I think they should just stay away from personally, but that's, but like I say, for this episode though, they went with the tuberculosis. I think it was a smarter move to yeah. do. And as we see, that's kind of the motivation for the flag smashers to try doing this. But Zemo, Kills Nagel. Yep. Yeah. Once he hears about this, 
Because this is all goes back to his thing that he's trying to prevent gods from being established. Yep. Yep. So it goes back to his character, and the lab is getting destroyed. Yep. Well, the lab got a rocket launcher shot yeah. into it. Oh, yeah, because, because everybody's looking everybody's, for him. Everybody's looking for him, yeah. Yeah, because... But, San, I'm well, shout out to uh, Sharon real quick for having an awesome fight scene. Yeah. That she absolutely dominated a, a group of guys just in hand-to-hand combat and knife fighting. It was really cool. Apparently, they're doing CGI knives now. Yes. Which I didn't know was a thing. I Apparently, it. they started that with John Wick, which... Ironically, you know who directed this episode, but the director John Wick, so like it kind of makes sense. But uh, yeah, the apparently CGI knives are a thing, and I had no idea. Yeah, I think they're just trying to experiment. With, like, what else can you do? Makes well, sense. I mean, it makes sense. Fewer takes, right? Yeah. That, and I mean, you can make it so it's less sloppy of a of fight because you know, obviously, the CGI knife is always going to look like it lands. <laughs> throw it hard enough and throw it in the right general direction. We'll do the rest of the work. Exactly. Yeah, so it was a very cool fight scene, and and for anybody that just thought Sharon Carter was just there, yeah, it's like no, no, she's she yeah. can seriously kick some ass. And yep. they give her the time on screen to do. So as our team escapes, uh, Sharon Carter stays behind, but Sam Wilson is dedicated to getting her a pardon. He's like, we will do what we can do. Well, to get and Zemo out. disappeared again, yep. which I again was like. Up oh, here he goes. He's leaving the guys behind, but then he came and saved the day. Yeah, because when he comes and back and saves and very shoots from dominating just, fight scene, you just see him looking off camera and going, "Ooh, it's like, oh shit, what do he find?" Yep. Yeah, oh, I, I thought he was going he's, again. He's in, he's in a mad scientist's <laughs> lab where he was recreating the super soldier serum, and there's a whole bunch of shipping crates. Ooh, oh shit, what do he find? I was thinking he found adhesive X, and that is something that has been tied to him since the his character was uh, created. Okay, so that's something that could come down the road. Uh, I definitely think it's going to for him because um, in the comics, his face is scarred oh. from this. Uh, so if you really want to find out about that, yeah, it was, it's something with a, it's his scientist's background um, they had with that. So I'm not down that that's how we see it get introduced because his mask does stay on at some point. Sure. Yeah, it's not coming off. No, it, it, it won't come off or it'll be horribly scarred. Yeah. So you'll get one of two happens. It'll kind of look like Bray Wyatt Toxic Avenger okay. when it's all said and done. But as our team is making the escape, who shows up in Berlin to investigate but fake Cap and fake Bucky? Yep. Uh, because, of course, they do. And they're not very happy. No, they're not. John Walker and uh, Hoskins there arrive, and they find out that, yeah, uh, Sam and Bucky helped Zemo escape. And well, they can't point anything to him, but, yeah. you know, John Walker being the intelligent man that he is, he knows what two and two equals. I'll say, well, yeah. nobody's yeah, – coach is right. Nobody's saying it, but, like, Zemo escaped – Sam and Bucky were in in the in town. They know what uh, Zemo knows. They he they know what they're looking for. Yeah, it's like all right, one plus one equals two here. Yeah, it's it's pretty easy to deduct. And like I say, as much as I can't stand John Walker, he's actually an intelligent agent uh, at this stage in the yeah, game. High test scores, broken clocks, right twice a day. Exactly. Yeah. So as they find that uh, going on there on hot on the trails. And the flag smashers uh, are also making some moves too in Lithuania for supplies. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're going after a GRC facility. Now, Pad, GRC? Uh, the Global Repatriation Council, which at the start of the episode, we saw a little bit of like an ad, a TV ad for them, which it sounds like they're, you know, it's an uh, organization that will help folks who were blipped uh, out of existence for five years kind of reacclimate to life. Like, well, they're like, hey, listen, life's hard. A lot has changed. We're here to make that easier for you. Yeah, so almost kind of like a Robin Hood type deal. Who the oh, Robin Hood the, the person or Robin Hood the the app? Well, two different. The things. person. Okay. The person. But I I almost wonder though, you're good, but maybe this is the cynic in me. 
but who's behind you? Like, there's there is there ulterior motives behind you, or are you really here for good? Exactly. I mean, that's the one thing with the Flag Smashers, that they're still, like, they're trying to be portray them as, like, the noble Robin Hood character. Yeah. Uh, but you know there's more to them that's going on than that, than they're letting on, which is the smart move, that we're not seeing all the cards on the table just yes. yet. But as they're in Lithuania, you see that Zemo, uh, Sam, and Bucky are traveling to Latvia to go look for their last whereabouts. And during there, Bucky finds some devices. Yeah, some at first I was like, what the fuck is he looking at? Like these little beads. I'm like, oh, you know, is I couldn't remember what I said to Aaron when we first watched the episode. But then obviously it leads to something a much better payoff than what I thought it was. Yeah. So as we see, Bucky is starting to recognize that this de- these devices are from Wakanda. Uh-huh. And he runs into... Someone from the Dora Maje, uh huh, or Milige, yep. Uh, who, yep. yeah, who was the original right hand to T'Challa in uh, Winter, not Winter Soldier, but in uh, Civil, Civil War, War. which so, we, ha- I think, it was uh, Sam brought this up. They're like, "Hey, listen, you broke him out of jail. He killed King T'Chanka. Like you, T'Chaka. back T'Chaka. You know, back in back in Berlin, like." The, the Wakandans aren't going to be happy about this, and sure as shit, there they are. Yep, so we see Io, played by Florence Kazumba, uh, make her reappearance in the MCU and just staring down Bucky and saying, basically, what are you doing here? <laughs> the fuck did you do? Exactly, and then the episode ends right there with a great cliffhanger. Yep. So, well, them saying, like, hey, we're, we see Zemo's out. We're here to get him. Yeah, so... There's going to be a lot of tension going into the next week's episode, which we're definitely excited for. A lot more questions were brought up, so I guess we'll go quickly around the panel. Any more uh, ideas of who the power broker is? Because obviously this character is starting to pick up some steam. Uh, I know a lot of people are probably saying uh, uh, Sharon, just because there's that scene after the after the whole uh, dockyard sequence where she gets in the car with the person. We have a lot to talk about. I know the other rumor getting around that it would be uh, Toby Jones, uh, Arnim Zola, you know, might make a reappearance, you know, seeing as he is uploaded to a computer. Yeah, that computer blew up in Cap 2, but hey, computers are connected. Mm-hmm. Um, my guess is it's probably going to be Sharon that like she had such, she's been there for so long and, and she's had so long to kind of get acclimated and familiar with things going on that she developed a little bit of a reputation in the underworld, I guess you could say. Possibly, coach. Yeah, I mean, I've seen all those the Sharon theories. I kind of, I hope that it's not. That seems a little too uh, passe for and obvious for you know what we've seen with the Disney series so far. Um, I mean, obviously, I know Agatha all along was you know what it was, kind of obvious that you know a character named Agatha was gonna be Agatha Harkness. But funny, like, funny, funny side story with Agatha Harkness. I read this week. Uh, her kids are afraid to look at her now. Oh, really? Uh-huh. She did an interview recently, though, like, after that whole series was over and done with. There's been a couple of weeks. Her kids are afraid to look at her. They're, like, they're scared of her. Yeah, so, I, I mean, that's tough. But uh, the, the Sharon thing just seems a little too easy of a play for them, so I really hope that we kind of get an unveil that is uh, a little more uh, oomph to it. You know what I Mephisto. mean? Yeah, yeah, like that. Because <laughs> well, it would be nice since we didn't get the Mephisto payoff. That we got it here. You know what I mean? So, like, not Mephisto in the show, but I'm saying, like, a character reveal that's like, oh, shit. You know? Well, yeah. I, th- I think there's a couple different ways to go about it. Um, I think a leap would be a Justin Hammer 
who is in the comics, you know, from Iron Man 2. Yeah. Uh, so there is some history there because Hammer would always be working with the power broker in the comics. So depending if they want to just do a uh, brand new character for that. I know a long shot would be if we heard Latveria and Dr. Doom. Well, being in Latvia. 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 I, I got excited when they went to Latvia because I was like, oh. And... Uh, Zemo said something in this too uh-huh. that he talked about re- the fact that they, uh, they danced around it. Yeah, that uh, after the blip, there was a lot of realignments with countries and everything. So I was like, oh, realignment with countries. You well, know, and I, well, and I think that there was also one of the prior up. I, I think he also mentioned that like after the Avengers, like after things got dropped. I fun word choice. Uh, they dropped and left that like basically I think he essentially said like the vultures came in and I was like, Ooh, interesting word. Like they got real close to saying what I think is happening with Sokovia. Yeah. Sokovia turned into Latveria. That's what I'm thinking. That's the early rumor too. So I, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of thought that Dr. Doom would be connected. I just don't know if they would do that. I, th- I think if they do that, they're not going to say Dr. Doom or Victor Von Doom. They'll just do like a, oh, they'll just do a one word name drop Victor. Yeah, that's all you need to do in the MCU. It'll it'll be something like that, so yeah. I, I wouldn't doubt that. But now with Wakanda now looking for Zemo because of killing uh, King T'Chaka, uh, you're going to see a lot of Wakanda show up and basically start asking Bucky questions, which I think is going to be a cool ploy if they want to dive into what his future is going to hold. Because after this, it's it's almost like no turning back. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely when they showed up. I was, you know, obviously with. You know, what happened with Jack Bosman, you know, the the Black Panther character, you know, not necessarily in a flux, but like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, what's going to happen to the character. I know that they've said the third movie is being worked. Yeah. So it's like this might help kind of, I don't want to say ease things, but like kind of show the transition of where the character is going, which uh, I think will be cool because, I mean, they can use the show to really help, you know, if they do go with uh, Shuri. As the Black Panther, you know, this will really help be, I think, a solid launching pad for the character being the fact that it won't be just in the movie, bam, it's Shuri. You know what I mean? Because that would be a lot of shock, I think. Um, I'm trying to, like, guide my words here, but, like, not shock, but, like, I think it would be a lot of, like, you know, oh, how did this happen? Where now you can use this show as the launching pad for whatever's to come with the character. You, you, could, you could ease into it without having to go into the second Black Panther movie and just go, hey, so by the way... Right, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, off camera, you know, he passed away, and now she's taking off the mantle. Reasons. Why right, not? yeah, you know, now you can you can address it and, and use this as a way to help Shuri, you know, kind of establish herself as the Black Panther character. Yeah, I think it's... If that's the way they go. I mean, I don't... You know, you don't know. I'm just saying, like, this seems like the right move. It definitely would if that's the direction they want to go with, but we're trusting everything Feige and and Marvel. Studios I mean, has they let us wrong? Yeah, no. Inhumans. What? Well, well, like I said, I don't really blame that too much on them. I mean, shit, we're gonna get a, a fourth Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Like, I mean, they do no wrong. Yeah, it, it's always something with Marvel that we just you know everything's connected and they've really got this laid out. So their plans are already set. It's just for us to guess what is going to happen with our characters moving forward. For Bucky, the history is kind of wide open uh-huh. where he could go. I'm still thinking there might be a long shot he's going to be involved with Thunderbolts. Could be. That I know that that is also tied in with Baron Zemo. Whatever direction we're going to go in there is going to be anybody's guess. If we start seeing more characters pop up during this series, right. I'll have a better understanding for that. And for Sam, I think it's just a matter of time till he knocks the crap out of John Walker. 
and takes the mantle back he's himself. Gonna, he's going to slug him, cold cock him, and it's going to be the most satisfying thing in the world. Well, at some point, the dude gets the shield back. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like it's in the yeah. trailer. Like we know it's coming. So. Yeah. 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 Yes, but I just can't wait till he just unless knows. it's a dream sequence and they're just swerving us yeah. real hard. You yeah. you never know. I mean, that's the one great thing about the show. But definitely let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH pod. What did you think about Power Broker? Episode three of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We got a lot of takes. We definitely want to interact with you. So hit us up, let us know. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Why can't he put you in the shark? Because you can't grapple a ghost. <laughs> Fucking obviously. You can't he's a ghost! You can't Grapple a ghost! It's cool as a kid. There's already a dead body involved. Exactly! Hey, fool. Sometimes when you do some crime, people die. And it's okay. We're the Broken Lords. We provide the finest actual play RPG-related nonsense this side of the internet. Follow us on Twitter at Lords Broken. And give us a listen on any major podcasting platform. Coming back for another segment of this edition of the ODPH Podcast and is the most wonderful time if you are a pro wrestling fan uh-huh. of the year. This is WrestleMania week. Literally a week. Uh, this past Monday was uh, Monday Night Raw. Tuesday was the WWE Hall of Fames. Uh, I say fames because it was last year's and this year's on the Peacock Network. Uh, tonight it is NXT on USA Network. Uh, their part, night one of their pay-per-view. Uh, Thursday is part two of their pay-per-view. Stand and deliver. Stand and deliver on Peacock. Friday is SmackDown. Uh, Saturday, and I think it's somewhere in there, there's an NXT UK uh, pay-per-view. During the, I think it's like either today. It was either today or tomorrow. Uh, Saturday is night one of WrestleMania. Sunday is night two of WrestleMania. This coming Monday is the Raw after WrestleMania, which is typically the most bonkers Raw of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tuesday is NXT. So yes. it, it is a literal week. It is the first NXT that will be on USA on Tuesday nights, as it's going to be this new Vince regular time slot. It's last night on Wednesday tonight. Yes. Vince is scared. Vince Tony, is oh, Vince is petrified. Tony Khan won. Oh, the ratings, the ratings. And, oh. we, and we didn't even mention the big news about the Stone Cold podcast and who is going to be on after WrestleMania. I mean, oh, I, I does, do they talk AEW? Do, do they? I mean, I'm, I'm probably the least surprised person about that in the entire internet just for the simple fact that I don't drink the AEW Kool-Aid, but I do believe when Jericho said after, right after he uh, signed with AEW that he said he still had a good work relationship with Vince. He the, fucking texted him before everything he does. Yeah. yeah. So tell me again, you know, the fact that this is breaking the wall down or breaking the door down. Like, no, dudes, the, the guy's fucking legitimately friends with another guy. It's nothing. Like, it's nothing new that Vince has good relationships with folks who leave his company. You know, I've, uh, the Eric Bischoff 83 weeks clips have been popping up on my YouTube uh, no, uh, homepage. I watched the one where it was Bischoff talking about Hogan possibly leaving WCW and going back to WWE. And and Hogan would meet with Vince on like the weekly, not mm. to talk shop or talk deals or money, just to go have lunch, have a drink, and hey, how you doing? How's life? Like Vince is cool with people if they leave his company on good terms. Yeah, the yeah. only, uh, again, the only thing that, you know, really was and the the marks the the AEW sycophantic obsessive fanboys who are sitting behind with their keyboards and they're typing. Oh, they gonna talk AEW? They better bring it up. We're not dumb. We know what company Jericho works for. Uh, yeah, we know, but it's a career retrospective. These shows aren't done talking about what you're currently doing. The shows are there talking about 
What's your favorite match that you had in the last 20 years? What's well, one thing you couldn't believe happened? Well, what, what, who was your favorite opponent? Who would you like to work with? Who, you know, who did you not get to work with in the past that you would have liked to? That's that's the questions that they've asked. It's essentially that this is your life. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a retrospect. Even Randy Orton's episode, yeah, they brought up a couple things that are current events, but it was, hey, what would you think about your previous WrestleMania match? Hey, what was one thing that happened to you, you know, that you'd like to change? Sasha Banks, same thing. It, it that's what this is. So yeah. it's not an AW podcast. This is Stone Cold interviewing somebody about his career that he had in the WWE that was over what, 15, 20 years almost. Mm-hmm. So get over it. Yeah. yeah, all right. In the clip already aired today, he brings up Sammy Guevara as one of his favorite tag team partners. Blow it out your ass. That is all. Yeah, it's something. We, we talked about this on uh, last night's stream on 607TWS and twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Like Rich and I were talking about this on there. And basically, this is just going to be the retrospect. This is not opening the forbidden door no. that everybody talks about. And I know that everybody was... You know, screaming like, "Oh, this is you know, we're gonna start working together." No, yeah, but people there. Then there's the other people that were up in arms about it. Like, yeah. "Oh my god, they they better talk about the fact that he you know worked with uh, fucking John Moxley." Like, no, he doesn't have to do shit. No, <laughs> I said the only thing that would get mentioned, and I know Rich said this on here too. He's like, they're gonna say thank you for AEW for allowing me to come on, and they might, and if they even put over that watch AEW on Wednesday night. If WWE does that, do you really think they're afraid of him? I mean, right. That's, no. that's well, not, that's, that's the other that's the, that's the other narrative that I saw too. They wouldn't have Jericho on and talk AEW at all if Vince was like no. viewing them as a competitor. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like Rich, like I said, Rich went deep diving in about this too. So I got plugged the episode as well. Sure, but. This is a lot of stuff that is going on during WrestleMania week. It's not your typical one. Usually there's a lot more indie shows going on, but in the state of the world, obviously there's only a couple that are happening. So you definitely have to check your favorite Fed to see if they are doing something over the weekend. Uh, GCW, I believe, is doing something. Okay. Sure. And uh, I know there's an AEW house show on Friday, which I'm not even going to go near. Now let's hold on real quick, though, and backtrack two years ago when everybody was like, oh, you guys ever going to do anything on WrestleMania weekend? And Cody... Oh, no, that's WWE's weekend. Yeah. That changed. Changed Quick. in a heartbeat. So, so something tells me they crunched the numbers and went, ooh, we can make a profit off that. Yeah, well, they, I mean, because they know that Friday is a fucking absolute mail-in show for WWE going into WrestleMania. So, yeah, yeah what are they going to do but take advantage of it? I mean, smart business move, but... Again, don't try and fucking don't try and act like you know you're you're the high and mighty when you're not. Yeah, it's it's not even worth dealing with about that. It's just like the fact that you're kind of backtracking about that. I I don't really get down with. But hey, I mean, if, to me, it just shows their pettiness that oh, yeah. is not ever discussed. Oh yeah, well, but it's there. Oh, it's 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 on full display. Even with Mike Tyson appearing tonight, which I know they're trying to make a quick grab for. Sure, don't it, care. It's, it's still not moving the needle because everybody's going to watch NXT, but everybody is going to have all their eyes focused this weekend well, on WrestleMania. Are people going to watch NXT, or is the 18 to 35-year-olds going to still be watching AEW? Because that's something that still matters, you know, is the is the ratings. Well, when the ratings hit over a million for a month straight, two months straight for AEW after the NXT moves, then I'll pay attention. Yeah, I'm more worried about advertising dollars like every other executive that talks uh, TV buy rates. We'll have to wait and see about that. Ugh. But now everybody's going to be focused, though, like I said, this weekend. And positive energy. Yes. We're, NXT we're, we're, we're tonight. Gonna, yes. NXT All right. tonight. Stay and deliver. Yes, which is going to be a great, yes. great two nights of wrestling. And then Saturday, day one of WrestleMania, first time in front of live fans in a long time. Very cool. Very cool to see at the stadium. They're going to pop for everything. Yeah, it's Holy gonna, shit. If you haven't watched any wrestling lately, 
this is the weekend to tune in I, to see it. You know, I feel for the guys that on Friday have to be in the Andre Memorial because, I mean, you know, it's one thing just to be the you know on the uh, opening bell match and be in that knowing that that's just a way to get everybody's name on the card. Mm-hmm. You know, now have it be moved to SmackDown. Like, that's a, that's tough. You know, I feel for those guys. But at the same time, you know, I understand that this is the first time with live fans in the building. They they want that opening match to be sizzle. I don't, I don't I don't envy the folks who've got to figure out, like, the order of matches for this show, or shows, night two nights, because normally there's, like, a pretty, I would say, average ebb and flow. You can figure, like, all right, we know the ups and downs. We know what's going to go. We know what's going to pop. We know what to call them down with. But, like I said, they're going to pop for every fucking thing. Like, even if it's not a spot, if it's just setting up for a spot, people are going to go nuts. So, you, they're going to have to be real careful and real, you know, careful is the only word I can think of with the match placement. Because I, this is in a position I don't envy the main eventers because there's a very good potential that the crowd could be burned out by the end of the night. Not because they're exhausted or bored, but because they've been screaming and cheering for every other match. That's why I think you just got to open hot. And and just get it out of the way and let the come down come as you you know start to uh, you know probably do the women's match somewhere in there and then you know yeah. if there's a tag team match yeah. to sprinkle in there and then you can let Drew get his moment you know Saturday night. Well, I think they're going to be pacing this very well. So let's just jump in, give you our predictions for WrestleMania happening at Raymond yeah. James Stadium this weekend. Yep. yep, Saturday night on the Peacock Network. Yeah, so uh, this is uh, the list on the order they have on the CBSSports.com article I'm reading from. I don't know if this is the actual list, so I'm going to say uh, match order subject to change, main event subject to change, you know, take this for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for night one, they've got listed uh, Naomi and Lana versus Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke versus the Riot Squad versus Natalia and Tamina in a tag team turmoil match. Uh, who should note the winners of this match will earn a the right to challenge the WWE Women's Tag Team Champion in Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler on Sunday night. Now, they did hype this up this past Friday on SmackDown. Uh-huh. Yep. So I will ask you your picks first of who you think is going over, and then I will give mine. Starting with Coach. Uh, I hope it's the Riot Squad. I mean, they are obviously the one team that has like some true chemistry and can have a pretty good match. All right. Uh, I would Don't get me wrong. I would like to see uh, Riot Squad win it. You know, they are long overdue to win it, I would say. But the fact that on programming, they invoked the right of Jimmy Snuka and Jim the Anvil Nightheart on television on on uh, SmackDown talk or whatever talking smack talking smack. The fact that they uh, Paul Heyman invoked their names without saying their names, you know, you're not bringing out those names just for you know an internet moment or a click moment. Like, oh, ooh, did you hear what Paul Heyman said on Talking Smack? Like, there's a reason behind that. I am going with a team that's not listed here. I and, I saw this theory out there too. Yes, I tweeted this out during Monday Night Raw, and I'm going to stick to my guns about this. They did show that Billy Kay has been walking around with her resume, sure, and she's been trying to get anybody Correct. to to team up with her. She gave it to Carmella. Now Carmella allegedly was mulling this over. What I think is going to happen is Billy Kay is going to show up and say Carmella and her in this, and Carmella is going to stiff her. So who comes in to save the day? But Peyton Royce, and we get the return of the Iconics, which would be nice because they've both been just—they've been floundering, floundering, since. and it's—it sucks too because Peyton Royce cut this amazing promo, and it was one and done. Yeah. And then Billy Kay is just entertaining as all hell, 
but she's been just kind of hanging out in SmackDown and really getting lost in the shuffle. I think this is a smart move to pair them together, and I think they go on to night two as your number one contenders. I mean, in in a division that is already lacking true tag teams, you know, it's like why not put the one team back together that actually had solid in ring chemistry? And, yeah, you know, could tell true tag team stories such as they could. You know, I mean, at least like with the Riot Squad, you know, Ruby's a pretty solid individual. You know, she mm-hmm. doesn't need. Um, uh, Morgan, you know, to be a tag team partner and still have great matches. The two of them are just uh, the iconics. I mean, are just really good one A and one B off of each other. Mm. That it's like, why not just let a tag team reign? Yeah, no, I fully agree about that. Yep. Uh, next up in a steel cage match, you have Shane McMahon taking on Braun Strowman, and I don't have the actual number in front of me, but I did read someplace that this is the first steel cage match to take place on WrestleMania since one of the early ones. God, I want to say this has been since like true steel cage. So are we talking like Hogan and King Kong Bundy? I think I think that's the one it was. Like, no, because twelve had uh, Sean uh, Bret Hart and uh, Owen. Owen Hart had a, like WrestleMania twelve. Yeah, so because okay. it gets overshadowed by the ladder match. Yep, and it was a great match the two of them had. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, Braun has to win, right? Or is it going to be one of those things where it's going to be? You know, uh, Braun throwing Shane through the gimmicked uh, cage and him landing on his feet by the cage breaking through Braun throwing him, and that's it. So according to the Wikipedia page for WrestleMania 12, Michaels versus Bret Hart was only a 60-minute Iron Man Oh, match. okay, so it was, it was, it was either. The year, it was for, the year before, it was Bret and Owen. Yeah, Bret and Owen were in a cage. Yeah, Bret and Owen were in a cage. It must have been WrestleMania 10. It definitely could be. Pat, you got a pick about this? Uh, I'm going to go with Braun. I mean, like I said before the, on the last pay-per-view where uh, Braun was supposed to face Shane, but then Shane got quote-unquote injured. This isn't for Shane. This isn't to give Shane the rub. You know, this isn't to make him look strong. This is to build Braun back up. And Shane's going to bump him. Shane's going to do what has to be done, you know, to make Braun look good. I don't care about this match. I'm just hoping I don't hear Word. that stupid whistle running around the ring, the train whistle. <laughs> I luck. I've been fortunate enough where life has led me to be a little busy from watching oh, Raw and seeing the worst. this. So I've been very fortunate that I have not gotten to see or hear the whistle. The only thing that will make this redeeming is if there's a big name debut run-in to help Shane win. Like I said, like Lesnar appeared. Oh, you know what would have been sick, but you know they they broke him up. Undisputed Era. Yeah. yeah. Like if that that would have been a hell of a way to debut them. If but. you had something like that, then I think that would be some saving grace for this match. But otherwise, I just don't care. Awkward. I just don't care. Yeah. Uh, next up for the Raw Tag Team Championship, you have the New Day taking on AJ Styles and Omos. Sure. Uh, <laughs> New Day, I guess. Um, I mean, Omos is probably guaranteed to turn on AJ Styles from what I've seen as far as, like, promos and everything and you know especially when they were playing that silly cart you know the games and almost was just not into it at all and aj was trying to have fun with them and you know the no selling so i think it's inevitable that he might just turn his back and walk from them you know the old school heel way and uh leave aj to to get you know lambasted by the new day yeah no this, this is gonna be new day you know i i just don't see them going anywhere with aj and almost winning the belts it, it, it i just don't see it i'm taking and new and the only reason I say this is AJ Styles, to my memory here, has never been tag team champion. Okay. And he's had every other belt except that. All right. So I think this is going to be his time to do it. I, You know, obviously when they broke up the Hurt Business, I lost any kind of interest about the tag team titles right now. Like New Day is New Day. You know they're going to be solid in every match, but 
this storyline just doesn't have anything going just for what me. What a weird play to break up a group that was hot. Yeah, I just is too. Is I mean, too, I don't know. Too soon. If, I don't know. Too if, soon. And you know what would have been really? I mean, with obviously Lashley going against Drew, what better way to get? And I know I'm flash forwarding here. I, I'll save it. I'll save my take okay. for the for the Drew there. Okay, fair yeah, enough. But that's nice uh, me. But Remind me about this. I will. Uh, next up, you have Cesaro taking on Seth Rollins. Yeah, no. I mean, this will be a fun little ditty. I, I mean, that has if it is given the time, you know, enough to to tell a story. I think this could definitely be a match of the night or match of the weekend contender. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna lean Seth, but with some shenanigans. Okay. I don't know what the shenanigans are yet. But I think that it's going to be something that will leave our babyface Cesaro frustrated at the loss. Yeah, no, I'm going to agree with Coach. Cesaro's going to look real damn good coming out of this. Really good. Seth's going to do whatever it takes to give Cesaro the shine, but Seth in some you know heel shenanigans is going to win. I'm going to take Cesaro. I mean, Seth- all right, Ken, I see the fucking pattern here. All right, guy, okay, <laughs> I, got, I see it. I got to be different. Uh, no, but like this one, this could be a match of the night contender. Sure. I know. Yeah. I, I know. I got into some heat with uh, Jay West from We Get Dove Podcast, who said he was going to Triple H spit water at me because I said that the main event was going to be better than this one. But I digress. Okay. Uh, but this is going to be like my, it's like my one A one B match with another match later on the card. Like this is going to be a phenomenal match. This is going to be something fun. I just think you've been pushing Cesaro so much lately. You have to give him the win. Yeah, I, like I don't think it hurts Seth if Seth takes Oh, no, but I think with the way that Seth returned and this new drip thing, I feel like, you know, keeping a, the heat on him going into, you know, a couple more pay-per-views uh, is smart business right now, especially with, you know, fans starting to come back to the building and touring, you know, being a possibility that, you know, keeping the heat on him would be smart, especially with Cesaro being such a internet darling slash you know, looking strong that like if you yeah. keep the heat on Seth with them having two more, you might get two or three more pay per views, and who knows? You might even you know Seth might fuck around and win a title, and you know an inter, you know what Intercontinental's on on no U.S. No, titles US, on US. you know he might win the U.S. title, and then all of a sudden you know now you got Cesaro and and Seth in a U.S. title match. You know, no, with no, with no. Is it, isn't U.S. on on Raw? Uh, IC's on SmackDown. You're right. Yeah, yeah. but either way, I, he yeah. wins. He wins the IC title. You know, and all of a sudden now you've got Seth versus Cesaro for the IC title. You know, it would be a fun little number. Yeah, there's definitely a, a couple well, different ladder match they, they could go with. Yeah. Oh, uh, sign me up for Ooh. it. This one's got a lot of potential. So, like I said, this could definitely be a match of the night contender. And I'm just I'm just happy Cesaro's getting a high profile. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean this. I mean, listen, I I you know I've said it. I watch him on the up up down down stuff. I watch him on Uno. He's entertaining. We're, as we're gonna be watching it tonight. He is one of the fun. Like I mean, it's him. It's Adam Cole. It's Breeze and it's Woods. And he is, if not the funniest one on the show, the funniest. Yeah. You know, I mean, like it's he is hilarious and it, it, his personality shines that. When you give him an opportunity to have those moments, and you don't just say "go out there and be a robot," he can carry a mic. Yeah, so definitely wait, waiting to see what stems out of this. But I think if he wins too, that Monday night after Mania, if they still have fans there, is going to be absolutely crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, you have The Miz and Morrison taking on Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. I mean, <laughs> it's got to be Bad Bunny. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't, you don't, yeah. you don't have a choice here. Uh, the the question will be is uh, is Bad Bunny going to be the greatest? wrestling celebrity of all time. And yeah, that's a shot, Tony Khan. I did it. Yeah, saying Shaq's the greatest. 
let's see if Bad Bunny can carry some weight because, I mean, uh, allegedly he bought a house or was renting a place near the training facility, Mm -hmm. was there four days a week training. So, I mean, the dude's getting ready. He's in the ring with vets, which is a smart move, putting him in. And uh, Damian Priest, too, putting them in with Miz and Morrison. Uh, You know they're going to be able to, especially Morrison, is going to be able to carry a lot of the bumping weight if Mm -hmm. he – uh, no injuries, you know. Obviously, I know there's been some talk of Morrison's knee, yeah, uh, giving him some fit. So hopefully, you know, he's going in 100, percent and he's going to sell for Bad Bunny like nobody's business. And I think it's going to be a very fine match for a celebrity match. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be uh, Bad Bunny and, and Priest. Like you don't go through all this hassle and all this hoop of getting him in there when. Let's face it; he's a very busy individual these days. You know. Yeah. No, I, now I heard artist. he's not very popular though. Is that? <laughs> is that the truth, or is that just coming out of a 56-year-old man's mouth? Coming out of a 56-year-old man's okay. mouth. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, because you won a Grammy, so yes, he must be very popular. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Allegedly. Cool. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, Bad Bunny's going to do a red, red arrow. Yeah. I'll, go, I'll go buy the song. Oh, you're not you're not uh, flipping this one, are you, Ken? No. Hmm. No, well, I wonder not. why. No, because this one is uh, Easy, yeah, the low-hanging fruit, huh? You could have gone out on the edge. I could have, but yeah. that would have been wrong. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Not going to be wrong about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Next one up. Uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, you have Sasha Banks defending her belt against uh, Bianca Belair. What a fucking match, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. What a match. What a match. I mean, I have not, I, I'm not huge on the Bianca train like a lot of other people are, but I am very high on the Sasha train. So I'm very excited to see her get shine. Uh, one of the last of the quote-unquote lady horsemen. Um, the, that NXT group to get a main event uh, spotlight. So I'm very excited to see what Sasha's going to do because Sasha will always, always push the limits. I mean, her NXT matches show that. I mean, mm-hmm. she is willing to do some crazy shit to make sure her matches land, and I don't see this being any different. I'm going to go Bianca, though. Yeah, no, this this match is going to absolutely tear the house down. It's going to be possibly one of the best of the year, uh, if not one of the best in WrestleMania history. It's got that potential. Just with, not with, the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. True. Uh, just with how good Bianca and Sasha are, uh, that said, I think it's going to be Bianca. I think between her performance last year at the Royal Rumble and, and then winning it this year. And the documentary coming out. Document yeah. everything coming out. I think the signs are pointing to Bianca. This is my match of the night contender. Sure. This is the one I got the, the little bit of heat on. I mean, on the listen, street. how how can you not say that? You know, yeah. I mean, look at the two participants. I know Cesaro and Seth are going to do a great job, but these ladies are willing, and especially Sasha. Sasha in the main she, event. She, like, goes a little loco or yeah. loca, I guess. I mean, she goes a little nuts, and I think she's going to go even, I think she's going to go even more ham this year. Yeah, the fact that, like I said, this should be the main event. They haven't officially said it's going to be. but I, I, Yeah, I mean, from all what I've read, it seems like it's going to well, be. Well, it should be. I mean, if you want to break it down, the winner of the Royal Rumble always is in the main event sure. of WrestleMania. So why not have the winner of the women's in the main event yeah. and the winner of the men's? Like, I mean, if you've it. got two nights. Yeah, one night is the women's, the yeah. other is the men's. You know, however you want to do it. But this should be the main event. This is going to be absolutely classic. Sasha is going to put on a performance like you haven't seen before. Yep. Like I say, she goes absolutely bananas when she's in a main event. Dude, but, she but the fact that she's it. in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of moments where I've been like, Sasha, oh, my God. And I, I'm fully expecting to say that again on Saturday. Yeah, I fully oh, do, absolutely. too. I think Bianca does get the win. But if Sasha wins, I'm not going to be mad either. Yeah. Like, I, like, this could be the new fight forever for me. Like, okay. I, I'm, I'm down with this. But I'll take Bianca for the win. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, you have uh, Bobby Lashley taking on Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. All right. Her business take, go. 
Uh, so it, how much smarter would it have been? You know, you have the payoff of uh, MVP saying, I'm going to cost you your belt, right? Mm-hmm. And the payoff, and that wasn't even like something that they were like, oh, you said that, you know, seven months ago, and now we're going to have the payoff here. Like, that wasn't even the case. It's just coincidence that it happened. Why not take the coincidence and run with it? So now here we are. You got Lashley against Bobby Lashley, or you got Drew McIntyre versus Lashley. You got the world title on the line, and now you have, you know, the Hurt Business and MVP. Like, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that you don't win this belt back. So, Drew, your hero, your your Scotman, your Scotsman, coming and rising to the challenge of having to take down the entire Hurt Business to eventually win his title back. The pop the crowd would have, it would be Drew's moment that he didn't get beating Brock last year, you know, overcoming all the odds in the world stacked against him to be able to win this match. And then on Monday, you can have the Hurt Business implode because they couldn't get the job done. Yeah. Boom. That's what they should have done. But unfortunately, they didn't do it. Pat? Uh, I think this match is going to be good. It's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be uh, those, of you, those of you with weak constitutions might not want to watch. Uh, that being said, I think it's going to be Drew. I think it's going to be a for like for whatever reason playing hot potato with the with the belt. You know, it's going to go back to Drew. <sighs> yeah, this one, I'm so bitter about the hurt business breaking up. Sure, like, and you have every right to be. Yeah, that they were finally getting traction. Yeah, like they were finally they were the best thing on Yeah, they were finally like getting over you know the bullshit donut scene with Riddle and all that stuff like they were moving no. past that and actually looking like a legitimate threat to not only just the title things but just being a uh, dominant group on Raw and then you just split them up it makes you just no split sense. them up yeah. right going into WrestleMania like this is a storyline that pays off post Mania mm-hmm. like you don't break up a group the night before or the Raw before your biggest event of the year yeah facts unless like it it's going to be like this thing where, you know, it's a swerve and they did it to like make Drew, you know, think that it was comfortable and then they come back and, and save him. But that's like, that's such left field. It definitely is. And that's like real conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. Like I would love to see him just reunite and then th- that's how you take out Drew. So, you know, I'm going to go with that ending. The end, and You're going to go with my wild yes. bullshit theory? Yes. All right. I'll go with the bullshit theory. It makes sense to me. I, it, didn't make any sense as I was saying it, but no, all right, no, no, let's no. go with it's, it. It's all sort of, you know, they try getting Lashley's good side. They'll help Lashley win. The Hurt Business is reigning supreme at the end of the night. Sure. Give it, give it to me. So yeah. you're going to go with the heel closing out the night, huh? Allegedly, Allegedly. according to this card. Allegedly, yes. All I'm right. going to go with the heel closing out the night. See, that's why it makes more sense that they flip it unless Drew is winning the title, and then you give Drew the main event. Yeah. That's why I say, like, I, th- I think Lashley's going to get it. The Hurt Business, they'll, they'll come to the senses, reunite, and remain strong. That's, I'm going with that. Damn it. I need this. All right. So that was night one. So, Pad, why don't you kick us off night two and you lead off the predictions? Yeah. So, uh, first match I got listed here is Nia Jax versus Well to be Determined because we don't know who that's going to be. My guess is they're going to retain. Like I said, one of the biggest issues I have with that belt, I'm glad the women finally have a tag team championship belt. But, damn it, you've got nobody there to retain it to defend it that's an actual tag team it's all two wrestlers with nothing creatively as for them as singles competitors yeah let's just throw you together in a tag team my prediction is i will not watch this match that's fair (laughs) bold strategy (laughs) yeah let's see if it pays off for me no i mean i just it yeah it's i feel like it's i feel like it's going to be whatever tag team wins the the turmoil match will win this because i just they'll implode naya and and Shayna Blazler and let her move on to being a singles contender and 
possibly push for you know a title match with whoever uh, comes out of the Raw women's match. And um, now you have and new champions, whether it's the Iconics, which would be awesome, or the Riot Squad. I take and new. It doesn't matter if it's the Iconics or not. It's going to be and new, and they're going to split up Nia and Shayna. Thank God. Next. Uh, for the United States Championship, you have Riddle taking on Sheamus. All right, Pad, who you got? Uh, Sheamus. Uh, Riddle I just don't care for, even with the new stupid CGI birds flying out. That was real. Okay, so that really happened. I didn't catch Raw when that. Oh, yeah, that was real. No, well, real in that it's CGI. Oh, Jesus. Like, actual birds don't come out when he kicks his flip-flops off, but no, CGI birds fly out. Right, no, no, I thought, like, somebody did on the internet, like, over his his entrance. No. No, I I watched, so we flipped on Raw uh, late Monday night. And it just so happened to be when Riddle was coming out and Aaron was like, oh, isn't that the guy that Finn likes, the, the bro guy? And I was like, yeah, it is. And then he kicked the flip-flops uh. off and the, the the birds came on. Click. <laughs> I turned it off immediately post that. So, uh, yeah, uh, as far as uh, I got Riddle, I give him his WrestleMania moment. Sheamus has had enough. You know, he doesn't need another WrestleMania I'm gonna win. She- I'm going to say Sheamus, and it's faster than when he beat D-Bry. Uh, you know what? I, I don't even care about this match because I can't. Like, the, the Riddle stoner gimmick is just, it's played out. Bruh. Like, it's just gone to such a point that I just don't even care. And, and Sheamus, like, I'm going to take Sheamus just on principle that I just can't stand that gimmick and the flying birds. So, uh, we'll go with that. But, I, honestly, I don't, I don't even care. Yeah. Uh, next up is possibly the match we've waited a long time to see. Holy shit. At WrestleMania. Cookies. Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn, fight, fight forever. Can we make this fight one? forever? Can we make this like a ninety-minute Iron Man match? Just like, don't stop fighting. I don't care who wins this. The fans win. Like, I genuinely don't care if Kevin wins. I don't care if Sammy wins. The fans win because these two have fought each other in in for so long over there. It's so many, so many different. Yeah, uh, uh, companies and and venues and and in front of five people, in front of fifty five people, you know Sammy, they've done it everywhere. Sammy probably knows Kevin better than his own wife does. You know, just as many times as they've fought over the years and in the various promotions and various belts and matches and this and that. That like they can get real creative with this. The only thing that's certain in this match is if you've seen the drone footage of uh, the WrestleMania set being built, there is a uh, pirate ship being built. Kevin is jumping off that goddamn thing. That's, oh, the yeah, only, that's the only thing I'm certain of. The that, only thing that bums me about this match is the uh, inclusion of the Paul brothers. I don't even care about that. Yeah. I, I, it disappoints me in a way that, because I, I, want, I want this match, I want to focus on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. This is, that's what I want to focus on. I don't want any schmas. I don't want any Pauls getting involved. I want them separate from the ring and just maybe walk Sami out and let him go. You know, and you guys get away because I want to be able to focus on these two whose careers have literally been destined for this moment. I mean, they've trained together. They've been friends together. They've traveled together. They've tag teamed together. They've fought each other. They've told so many stories over so much time that the only uh, two people that I could think that would come close to the type of level of match would be CM Punk and... And Chris Hero, mm-hmm. a level of times that the op- opponents have faced each other. So the fact that this is happening on a WrestleMania stage is a gift to all those people that grew up in those mid early two thousands of ROH that saw El Generico face Kevin Owens and vi- you know and and all in all the stages. This is your gift for all those years of watching that. You're welcome. I didn't give it to you, but 
You're welcome. I was just hoping a ladder was involved. I would have wished for something. Yeah, I mean, I don't. But fuck it, I don't even need it. Just let these two. I honestly hope that they do something where they do a little, you know, tidbit, a little hat nod to you know some of their um, uh, indie moments, some of their ROH moments, as like a, a way of like, hey, you've been, you know, you've seen us through the years. Like, here's a little moment from one of our matches, like how uh, Punk used to create, like on the road tours, like he used to do like a lot of Macho Man uh, oh, yeah. matches in his spots. Like he literally did the uh, WrestleMania three uh, Warrior versus uh, Randy Savage match with Kofi on one of the tours, mm-hmm. like. So obviously, but this being different, like I would have loved to them pull like you know fucking ROH one, uh, you know, yeah. a, a moment from that match that like fans would be like, they've done that spot before, that would be cool. Give me a brain buster, give me a package pile driver. Yeah, also, don't get hurt. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, obviously, like but this, fight forever. Yeah, uh, we all win. I hope this opens the show. Uh, this would be this should open night one. It should. You, you they should have opened night you could one. Possibly with us. blow the crowd out with the first. Match. That's what well, I'm saying. Because <laughs> I mean, you think about the fact that uh, you know I've heard a lot of the the rumors is a lot, they're expecting a very uh, 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 anxious crowd. You know, a lot of potential like raw post raw type crowd, like a lot yeah. of Europeans. This crowd might rival the raw after Mania crowd from uh, when it was in New York. Yeah, yeah this is the one I, that was in attendance for that one. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah. like this, you know, you're going to get winner, thank you. you're going to get a lot of you're going to get a lot of moments, and I mean, this starting the night off on night one would literally be what the crowd would absolutely just mark for. I, I was hoping that it was going to be on night one, but if they're not, like, listen, you put this anywhere near the main events on night two, you're going to bury the main events because these two are going to steal the weekend. Like, oh, yeah, especially, I mean, given the fact of what the main event potentially is. You yeah. Know, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they'd be smart to book this in the beginning, and who wins, we all win because uh, this is going to be an amazing match, mm-hmm. bar none. You can that This is your lock of the weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up, for the Intercontinental Championship, you have Big E taking on Apollo Crews in a Nigerian uh, drum fight. Uh, now, what exactly a Nigerian drum fight is, nobody's quite sure. Uh, Apollo did say, uh, quote, uh, in a video that was posted to the WWE uh, YouTube channel where he was calling out uh, Big E for this challenge, quote, no rules, no limitations, just a beating so loud it sounds like a drum. Uh, close quote. So it clearly sounds like some sort of no disqualifications match. Uh, but whether there will be a, an actual drum involved, I would imagine so. Otherwise, why would you call it a Nigerian drum fight? But we'll see. Uh, this match, uh, I will tell you what. I think it's going to be Apollo's night. Yeah. I think he wins no matter what. This sounds like a last man standing match to me. Could be. So that's where I'm going to kind of go with the ideas until we actually see what the rules are. Day of show. But this is Apollo's night to do it he's been amazing as a heel if you haven't seen smackdown he has been amazing this matt i think Big E, and it's cool to see apollo get a moment because it's oh absolutely it's you know i mean for god nine months it, you could have put uh, uh apollo cruz on a milk carton nobody knew where he was mm-hmm. i don't think apollo knew where he was. <laughs> right so i mean it'll be awesome to see apollo get some shine you know i i think that's the biggest walk uh, takeaway that I have from this WrestleMania is when you look at the card and you look at some of the people that are getting moments, it's a lot of new faces. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. The fact that for years now, you know, they've really hung their hat on, you know, Goldberg coming back or Brock Lesnar coming back or, um, Cena, Cena, you know, so, and Taker, you know, so like if, you know, for you people that sit home and bitch and complain about, uh, you know, WWE not creating new stars, you look at this WrestleMania, and there's a lot of fresh faces. 
that if you don't watch this match, your next pay-per-view will have Bill Goldberg or, or, or fill-in-the-blank uh. as your main event. So this is your moment to shine. You want new stars to be built? You purchase the Peacock Network and you watch this match I'll say, and, uh, or watch this uh, this event. For night two, especially because that's the one freshest in my mind or the matches I'm reading potentially for night two, there's one name that I've mentioned that's like an established WWE guy, and that's Sheamus. Yeah. Everybody else is like been other places, come other places, and come in. Like this isn't like, an, oh, hey, you've got Triple H in this match, yep. and you've got John Cena in this other match, and you've got you know The Rock in this other match, which there's nothing wrong with those guys. Don't get me wrong, but like this isn't like you, you know your cookie cutter WrestleMania. Like you know you want you you say you support Cesaro, get interact get get posting on social media. You know tag the fact that you're watching that Cesaro match. Tag the fact that Bianca Belair is doing an amazing job because these are the people that if you want to see them post WrestleMania and continue to shine and let WWE put some gas behind them on the rocket ship, this is the moment for you. This is you. Yeah, you can take like. You fans, you could take over this WrestleMania, yeah. but you got to do it smart and you got to actually do it. Because if you don't, you're going to get the same, co- you know, like Pat said, you're going to get the same cookie cutter bullshit. So I'm very excited to see Apollo get a WrestleMania match. I don't think he'll win. I think Big E is, is de- oh, no, never mind. I think Apollo's going to win because I think Big E is going to be destined for bigger and better things. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be Apollo just because he, he's got a rocket strapped to him. He's very hot going right now, and I hey, give him his moment. He's waited long enough. Apollo's due for it, so you got to give it to him. Big E, I think if he gives up the belt, which I think Apollo does win this one loser draw because they've been fighting for, God, it feels like forever uh, recently on SmackDown. Yep. Big E's going to be t- going to the main event picture. Yeah, I, I – that I think is kind of clear, you know. As, get, whoever wins the main event, a, a biggie babyface, you know, going against one of those two heels that are probably going to come out the title, uh, the title holder makes the most sense. Yeah. So this one though, it should be a great match. I'm excited to see it because I I think Apollo and Biggie have really great chemistry too. Yeah. So. No, they do. Uh, next up, you have the Fiend Bray Wyatt taking on Randy Orton, and if this isn't a Firefly Funhouse match, I have no urge to see this movie. We've already seen. Uh, Bray and whatever incarnation you want to call it take on Randy in a Wrestlemania match it was real weird it, there were moths projected onto the canvas yeah. fucking weird yeah like I've, we've already seen it don't need to do it again but if we do like a Firefly Funhouse match like you did with Cena uh, what last year two years ago whatever it was and you kind of do like a bit of a career retrospective with Randy Orton going through some famous phases I'm all for that uh, I don't care who wins this match because if it's not a Firefly Funhouse match, I don't care. Yeah, I think uh, doing a Firefly Funhouse match makes the most sense given the fact that these two have had already the in-ring uh, interaction and given the the Fiend character and the track record it has with guys that have beaten him at WrestleMania, it seems like the next move is uh, the Firefly Funhouse match. So, yeah, I, I think it would be cool. I, I, yeah, like Pat said, I mean, I've seen the, the gimmick match and I mean, I was at that mania. I went to go get drinks, so I didn't see what was happening because I didn't see a TV monitor. You didn't miss much. Yeah. Miss well, I, I mean, I came back and eventually saw it, but like, I didn't see the stuff on the, the, the mat. So I had no idea why people were ooing and awing as I was waiting in line. Yeah. And then as I walked back out and I saw the, the, you know, the giant jumbo projector, I was like, Oh, there's fucking for, maggots on the ground, see, but they're not real. See, for us, when we were watching, you know, on our couches, it was the weirdest fucking thing yeah. because it was, the, you know, the traditional camera cuts, obviously with the zooming in and out and the bouncing left and right and all the other nauseating camera work WWE likes to do. 
But it was just from all the normal camera. Jump cuts, baby. Yeah. It, it was from all the normal camera angles you're used to, to, and we're going to hard cut from the top looking down, and we're like, the fuck is going on? Yeah, it was just all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I think it makes the most sense. I think they can do a really cool story with Randy doing that. I mean, obviously his career is how long? I mean, like twenty. I mean, again, another twenty plus years worth of wrestling yeah. in WWE. So, yeah. I mean, you can bring up the evolution stuff. You can talk about that phase. You can talk about you know the controversy that surrounded the Randy Orton character with you know being the youngest champion who really couldn't handle the fame and and all that stuff. So redo, there's a lot of redo where Triple H broke into his quote unquote house. Yeah, I mean, you can do. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You give can be real weird with that. Give me the RNN report. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, I just thought I thought of even better redo the Triple H breaking into his house, but obviously have Bray play Triple H and have Alexa play his quote-unquote wife. Yeah, and you can get real weird with uh, when uh, Randy uh, torched uh, the Bray's house. So, like, you can get some really crazy shit. So, I think that would be a lot of fun, you know, to see that. So, my prediction is Firefly Funhouse match, which I don't know if anybody actually wins those. Did Cena win his? Cena is still technically lost in there, so I'm hoping hoping he reappears. Like, Randy pulls him out and, like... (laughs) He grabs grabs a hold of, like, Randy, like, by the shoulder. Like, oh, my God, I've been here for so long. Get me out of here. Yeah, like, John, like, Like he pulls something. Like, that explains to the marks that, like, oh, that's why he's been gone for so long. Like, John's head comes up from something, and he's just like... Hi. And then he like, and then Randy like, ah, God, I didn't want to see you. You know, and then stuffs him back. It's not about you, John. And then throws his head back down. <laughs> Tosses yeah. the golden shovel down there. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I'm, I'm down for it. It's got to be cinematic. Otherwise, I just don't care about this match. I don't want to see the red light if it's an in-person match. Because that's I don't annoying. know if they, I mean, it would have to, like, they would have to have a lot of lights. Yeah. Well, it's well mania, I mean, they will. Mania. They will. Yeah. But I mean, like, to make the whole building red it's like, like they just, pulled they pulled it off in saudi arabia when they did it against south that's true yeah, yeah. that's what i say like and that's, I, a, and that's I, mostly outdoors i don't want to see the red light i just i want to see this be over and done with because toxic avenger bray is not doing anything for me nope so make it cinematic and i hope tyson o'neill just goes i have no idea what i just watched yet yeah. again yeah that's all i'm looking for with this match Yep. Uh, next up for the Raw Women's Championship, you have Asuka taking on Rhea Ripley. And we should note that uh, Ash Costello of the band uh, New Year's Day uh, is going to be there live in person uh, performing because she provides the vocals. To oh, Rhea, for Rhea Ripley's for Rhea, song? Rhea Ripley's theme song. She will be there to sing Rhea Ripley to the uh, ring. Yeah, okay. I heard, I've actually heard that they've been contacting a lot of bands to come down and perform for well, entrances. Because well, what is it? Uh, Nita Strauss is going to be at NXT one of these two nights. Yep. Doing something. Oh, she does... Um, uh, is it Eos? No, no. No, no. Well, no, no, that's Poppy. She's going to be there, too. Yeah, yeah they're getting Pop- like... Poppy's, Poppy's going to be at uh, NXT. They got a lot but of talent coming Nita in. also, Nita Strauss is going to be there as well for NXT. Okay. Well, hey, I'm down for it. I mean, yeah. Because you want to have the big moment feel oh, God, to it. Oh, God, yeah. Because have what, the live music oh, there. Oh, God, yeah. Because one of my favorite entrances of recent memory... Was when uh, I forget the Shawn Michaels came out to that DX thing at WrestleMania 13. Yeah. No, no, uh, okay. I forget the female cool. guitarist's name, it, but she played out Shinsuke to the ring at oh, third, oh, at WrestleMania um, in New Orleans. Uh, she's in Alice Cooper. Begins with an O. Yeah, yeah. She she played, but like them with like the the high school students or whoever playing the violins and the drums in the background. That was an awesome entrance. Like at any time you can get even Rhonda getting her entrance sung live. Yeah, by know, Joan Jett. There. By Joan Joan Jett coming out. Like anytime you can get the artist there who sings the entrance to come there live is awesome. Yeah. This one though, I got. I'm taking Ripley. Yeah, I'm she, thinking the same thing. She's long overdue. I mean, obviously last year she should have won against Charlotte. Didn't happen for whatever reason. I think this time is her time though. Yeah, I know there's some talk of 
Oscar needing some sort of surgery. So I, mean, I heard kinda, some rumor about yeah, that. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense that Rhea wins here. And plus, yeah. I mean, if you want to really take, you know, and give some legitimacy to, to Rhea Ripley having her win this match, not necessarily in a dominating, dominant fashion, but like, you know, pretty over, makes the most sense here. And again, fans, you want people to get buzz and create new stars. There you go. There you uh-huh. go. Uh-huh. And now to the main event. Uh, for the Universal Championship, you have Roman Reigns defending his belt in a triple threat against Edge and Daniel Bryan. Pad? Oh, I don't I don't know. I can see this match going a couple different ways. I can see Edge winning, but pinning Bryan to keep Roman looking strong. Mm. I can also see that working in reverse, where Daniel wins, but he pins Edge to keep Roman looking strong. So the common denominator here is yeah, I think Roman, Roman looking strong. I th- yeah, no, I think Ro- well, I think Roman's going to get the Brock treatment from WrestleMania 31, where that started off as a one on one, and then it turned into a triple threat. And you all remember uh, Ro- Brock rolled out of the ring so that he wasn't even involved in the three count at the mm-hmm. end. I think we might be setting up for another similar type situation. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why Daniel Bryan was added to this match, and it's a to be able to have somebody bump (laughs) and you know be an actual legitimate you know wrestler in there while you know uh these guys these two big stars are are there kind of just telling a story uh i uh again i'm not happy with the way that this match went i really i was all on the edge challenging finn balor train i thought that would have been a fantastic match great story legitimacy to the nxt title uh so on and so forth but here we are now with a heel edge which didn't make any sense again to me. I know I'm going to complain a lot here, so just be prepared. Uh, you know, it didn't make any sense. You know, you have this guy coming back, trying to tell his story of redemption from a long injury. You know, obviously defending, beating, you know, Randy Orton, you know, is his once tag team partner who, you know, obviously there was a heated rivalry there. And now you turn him heel because he looks old. Okay, well, I mean, Ric Flair looked old, but he was still a babyface sometimes. I mean, like, oldness does not make a heel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then, yeah, obviously you have Roman in this match who has been your megastar since coming back and being a heel. Uh, was the biggest move WWE's made, arguably, in the last five years. I mean... Oh, yeah, no, it's facts about. Yeah, that. I mean, people I mean, call, people have been asking for it and calling for it for years. Yeah, I mean, I know he it. was a heel with the shield, but like this is like the first time outside of the right. shield he is a heel, and that was a big move for the WWE to make because he had been their dumb number one babyface for yeah. you know all that time after that. Yeah. Um. So as far as this match goes, I had you're right. Roman's going to look strong. Roman's going to look. Uh, very strong. You're probably going to see some schmas with the Usos mm-hmm. coming in here. You're going to yeah. see some Paul uh, Paul Perry, Jesus. You're going to see Paul Heyman oh, yeah. coming in here and, and doing some shenanigans. I think uh, would not be surprised if the other Uso brother who's been out with injury uh, yeah. makes an appearance. Yep. Yeah. I and I think Daniel Bryan ends up taking the pin, and you can go one of two ways. Either you can go uh, Roman, or you can go Edge. I mean, either way, Big E's coming out being the number one, uh, the number one contender. Post this, I love heel Roman. Heel Roman has been doing fantastic work. You know, up until a couple months ago, he was nigh unbeatable. Mm-hmm. But now you look at his last couple matches, Kevin Owens in the, you know, no DQ match or whatever the hell that was, looked a little human. You know, there's a, there a little chink in the old armor. Uh, it's been a great story. And that, like, it's mm-hmm. been playing out. You've seen 
the, yeah. the, the dissension, his strength kind of go yeah. on, especially with that uh, Daniel Bryan match. Uh, yeah, so yep. then you get to the, his, his uh, most recent match where it was against Daniel Bryan, where he tapped out. He can say otherwise for kayfabe and on the show, but let's face it, he tapped out. Yeah. He looks human. He doesn't look to be the unbe- – in presentation, doesn't look to be the unbeatable, unstoppable force that they built him up to at that point. So I think this just continues the story. It definitely does. I think Roman is not taking the pin here. I think that he is going to be on the outside looking in, and I'm going to call Daniel Bryan in the upset. All right. That I think that he's going to get the I'd belt. I'd be all right with that. I think that they're going to go on, and it's going to be Daniel Bryan versus Edge for a while, while Roman is going to start a program with Big E. Okay. And then I think Roman Interesting. will. Interesting. Yeah. We were, we were discussing this on 3FM, like I said, a little bit, uh, 607 TWS. And the more I'm thinking about it, I know Rich went a different direction, I, I believe. I don't think he took Daniel Bryan, but I'm going with Daniel Bryan because I just think that they put him in this match for a reason. I don't think it was done just to yeah. put him in. Yeah, sure. Just, well, just for a bump, just for that. Yeah, yeah it was for pick, him to take a pin. Give, yeah. give, him, <laughs> give him one more mania moment. Like we said, he's got more miles behind him than he does ahead of him in terms of his in-ring career. You mm-hmm. know, Lord knows and who knows what could happen down the road, heaven forbid. Yeah. So give him one more moment. Yeah, and that's why I think it's his, his sign-off moment. Then I think he goes into part-time duty. And like I said, with Edge... He, I know it's a great Cinderella story to come back. I just don't know if he's going to get the belt right away. That's, yeah. But that's me. But who knows? It's going to be a fun night yeah. either way. I also, uh, while we've been discussing, I looked at the card for every WrestleMania ever. Uh, the Owen Hart-Bret Hart match you were referring to took place at WrestleMania 10. Uh, and Sick. according to the Wikipedia page and ProFightDB.com, that was a singles match and there was no steel cage match. So the, the match taking place this weekend against Braun and Shane is the first steel cage match uh, at WrestleMania since Hulk Hogan uh, and King Kong Bundy way back in, That's... in WrestleMania 2 on April 7th, 1986. Yo, he's right, because the Owen Hart-Bret Hart match happened at SummerSlam. 92. Yeah, so this is the first right. this is Fuck. The first steel cage match at WrestleMania since WrestleMania 2. That's why I say nobody gets Dude, the stats like Pat. That's wild because I so and I that, grew, that's not, I could have swore that, that was a Now mania. some people might be going, "Oh, hell on a salt, that's not a steel cage." It, it is, but it's, It was SummerSlam 94. Dude, that's wild because I so I grew up with those Coliseum videos. Yeah. And one and it was one of them was the WrestleMania uh greatest matches. So I watched Growing up, that King Kong Bundy versus Hulk Hogan match, so many times. Oh my god! I literally, I mean, I know the mat, I know the ins and outs of that match. Hulk Hogan up, him get, you know, King Kong Bundy fighting to get to the door, him not getting there, Hogan climbing over the top rope, uh, over the top of the cage, faster and laying on his feet, while King Kong Bundy just plops to the ground. Oh my god! I literally can, the entire match, I can spew out. And that's the last time there was a, yep. a steel cage match. Yep. Oh my god, it's crazy. I just, I just I had to look up the specifics. But I just remember reading when they announced. Well, because obviously there's been match. hell in the cells. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's but, not but a that's steel not cage. a steel cage match. Not a steel yeah. cage. That's wild. Yeah, I remember reading. Damn that. WWE, you've dropped the ball. Because steel cage matches. I mean, I know hell in the cell serves a purpose where nobody can get in, but like, I, steel cage matches are nothing but pure drama. It's got to be the solid blue. I want, I want the throwback. I want the God, throwback. Absolutely. You gotta do it. You gotta do it right. Either Mick, Mick way. Foley, special guest referee. Uh, well, no, nobody's going off the top of the cage. Well, it's no, sh- that's, it's, it's a steel cage. It's yeah, a steel cage, cage, not Hell in the Cell. Yeah, I was gonna say. Let's no, if anybody's a special guest uh, thing for it, it's got to be Hogan. Yeah, well, he's he's, he's gonna already gonna be there. He's gonna be the co-host. Let me tell you something, brother. I yeah. mean, this is again. This is why I think that it's gonna be gimmicked in some way, um, and and it's gonna be. Uh, 
it's going to be gimmicked in some way, and it's going to be him getting thrown out. But that's the other night. Yeah. Either way, we're going to have to watch and see what happens this weekend. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturday and Sunday on the Peacock Network. So make sure you are watching along with us. We'll definitely be doing some live tweeting during the event. So make sure to be following us at OD Parlay Hour. And all our uh, Twitter accounts are right there in the bio. So if you want to get a pad and Coach Duffy during the show, they'll definitely be talking a little bit on Twitter as well. But definitely hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What is your thoughts going into WrestleMania week and the big dance, the granddaddy of them all, happening this weekend? Let's chat, shall we? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered what scotch will make your palate feel like it's just gone on a majestic journey through the Highlands? If LeBron will ever win another ring? Or if the Leafs will ever win another Stanley Cup? Mike, if they tune in to Scotch and Sports, they're going to find all that out and more. They're going to find out what souring our scotch, what our next scotch on the shelf is, and our On the Rocks segment, where we debate two topics. You just met Mike, I'm Gertie, we got Suds coming up, and we may be drinking scotch, but our biased opinions don't change no matter how much we've had, and we have quite a bit. We'll even answer viewer questions, so send them in, and if you don't like the answer, well, we'll just have to have another scotch and we can still all be friends. We even talk a little, or a lot, of pop culture. Where else can you find hot takes on WandaVision, NFL analysis, and the fact that the Leafs will, in fact, win the Stanley Cup this year? Answer, Scotch and Sports. Time for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. What you got for those one-shots, Pad? Got a couple things to talk about. Uh, sports baseball has, is officially back. Uh, the season has kicked off a little early. Uh, gotta love the fact that the Red Sox are having their worst start since, like, 1946. Facts. Oh, gotta love it. Uh, also, shout-out to the Oakland Athletic fans uh, for booing the absolute loving shit out of the Astros. My God, I loved every minute of it. Uh, shout out to the folks who threw inflatable garbage cans uh, onto the onto the field. They were balloons in the shape of garbage cans. They threw two of them onto the field. Shout out to you, fine folks. Just wait till they get to New York. Yo. Mar- yeah, it, it's going to be something marvelous when that goes down. Uh, early highlights, uh, the 470-foot, so 71-foot bomb Giancarlo Stanton hit the other night. Thing of beauty. Uh, also, the home run Shohei Otani of the Angels hit the other night. Uh, look up the video if you haven't seen it. Uh, that crack of the bat is something beautiful. My God. Yeah. It's good. It's great to see baseball back. Oh, absolutely. Yankees got to get back in full swing. But, you know, yeah. they, always, they always start a little slow in Still April. early, but I got to say, credit to the Yankees fans, the Bronx Bomber fans. Uh, only 20% capacity Yankee Stadium, so a sellout's like 10,000 and change. Uh, they did sell out a couple of the Blue Jays games to, to opening series. Uh, don't think they've come close. I think last night's game with uh, Baltimore, I believe, was like nine thousand something. Something like that. They're still wicked fucking loud. Oh yeah, they're listen to get fans back at a live sporting event is going to be huge. Like and the one it, person I saw online compared the crowd to like an indie wrestling crowd that like it's not very big in terms of like what you would think of like an actual like wrestling crowd size. Yeah. Or in a like a baseball stadium size, but they're still loud. Yeah, they're still loud. They're still going to be bringing it every night. Oh, so yeah, let's go. Uh, switching over to some entertainment news. Uh, got some interesting 4K movies that are coming out here uh, that are either out or will be coming out that might be worth you checking out. Uh, some of these caught my like, oh interesting caught my eye. You might want to check them out. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children uh, is coming out in a 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray digital combo pack. So definitely check that out. Uh, Indiana Jones, as I mentioned before, is getting the four movie collection uh, 4K Ultra HD. 
HD and digital uh, coming out. Uh, coming out on May 25th. Ken, I know you'll be interested in this one. Supernatural, the complete series. Bring it on. Blu-ray and digital, uh, according to the article on wikipedia.com. Uh, Amazon's got it currently for $289.99. Uh, so it's you, a lot of footage, man. A lot of footage. but A hey, lot of footage. It's the entire series. Uh, if you're a soft fan, uh, the original film is coming out on May 11th in 4K. Uh, 4K. Uh, you've got the Legend of Korra complete series limited edition steelbook is coming out. Uh, you've all got also got a 4K version of Donnie Darko uh, coming out on April 27th. Uh, Fast and Furious 20th anniversary edition. God, it's been 20 years. No, that's uh, crazy. Coming out on 4K. Uh, also 20th anniversary for Shrek the original film. Uh, that's getting a 4K uh, release coming out on May 11th. Uh, yeah, so we've got a lot of good movies coming out. Uh, definitely give them a check out some of those. Switching over to some comics coming out this week uh, from Marvel. For me, you've got Star Wars The High Republic, issue number four coming out. Definitely give that a read. Uh, Avengers, issue number 44. We're finally going to learn who's got the Phoenix Force now after they've been duking it out for like five, six issues. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, issue number 63. Uh, Nick Spencer's still writing. Need I say more? No. Uh, Transformers Beast Wars issue number three is out this week. Also, God of War, uh, Fallen God issue number two. And then uh, my pick of the week, uh, James Bond, Agent of Spectre issue number two. Red issue one, very intrigued by it. Uh, basically, Cliff Notes summary, uh, Blofeld hired James Bond and it's enough money that he can retire on and Bond took him up on it. Uh, the description of it reads, James Bond is in the USA, but not as a part of her of Her Majesty's Secret Service. Shockingly, he's there as an agent of Spectre, sent to eliminate an upstart rival Spectre boss at the bidding of Ernst Blofeld uh, himself. The leverage Blofeld has against Bond is a threat to the life of one of the few people in the world Bond can trust, but that friend may have uh, the interests of Bond's target as the higher priority. Uh, so yeah, now it's very interesting stuff if you're a Bond fan. Yeah, definitely. Solid lineup at the shops this week. Yeah. Huge uh, shout out. And definitely shout out our guy Brian Wayne. Cheers to comics too. He, I know he's posted his pull list this week. Insane, man. Crazy. Yeah. Coach, what you got for your bases? Well, uh, I'll start with a little sports here as it is Masters Week, baby. Uh, Somebody cue that piano. Yeah, very. I, you yawn all you want. I am nothing but excited. I have my, uh, I mean, it's still on the NBC Sports Network app ready to fire up tomorrow and watch the tee-offs. I believe that there is an 8-10 is the earliest tee-off tomorrow. Uh, very excited. Some early favorites to uh, win the event is we got Dustin Johnson sitting 9-1. to Jordan Spieth Ooh. coming off his first victory since uh, his last U.S. Open win in 2017 as a 10-1. to uh, Justin Thomas is 10-1. to And Bryson uh, DeChambeau 11-1. to So, I mean, those are just some of the betting odd favorites. Uh, very excited for it. Can't wait. Uh, big week ahead of me. Uh, also, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier uh, seem to be verbally official. Uh, I mean, there's no dotted line on the contracts necessarily. One of them but signed. Yeah, so I believe. What saying is I believe not, so what you're saying is they're not Facebook official. I believe. Yeah. yeah, I believe Connor signed, uh, and and Dustin clapped back with you know I'll meet you in the center of the octagon. So I, I don't necessarily know. I, I'm just saying, like it for all intents and purposes. All signs until, point is yeah. Happen. Until Dana White says July 10th, this is the event. I will always err on the side of it looks like it's going to happen. So uh, Dustin Poirier, Connor McGregor, July 10th. So that will be exciting. Is that going to be in Vegas? Do you know top of that? I don't. I, they haven't said venue uh, yet. No, they haven't. Because I want to say International Fight Week. But, it, yeah, it, I mean, it's right around that time. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, International Fight Week, maybe they'll do it uh, 
back in uh, the uh, Fight Island. I mean, they're touring right now, you know, having live events. Maybe well, they try and fill out one of the stadiums. Well, I was going to say they're going to be down in Florida 24th. Yep. Memories. April, yep, yep. Yeah, April only 24th. a couple of weeks away, man. Yeah, That's so. reaping up. Yep. Oh, it's real soon. So, uh, who knows where it will be? I mean, you know that wherever they're going to do, Connor probably wants to try and draw a gate. And, you know, Poye will also want that as well. So I would assume that this will be wherever they're allowing fans and allowing full venues would yeah, be my guess. Yeah, it would make sense. But I, if Vegas is going to be up and I mean, I think that's the only thing that might have not given an official place yet because I yeah. think they're waiting to see. Obviously, it depends on COVID cases and such. And, right. You know, yeah, I mean, they're so. going to go wherever they can get a crowd. Right. I think will be. So they're going to, you know, hold their, their, their hand a little close to the vest here yeah. and yeah. see what they got. Yeah. Um, in entertainment, since I for, I dropped the ball on this the last two weeks, uh, Mighty Ducks is relevant again, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yeah. we've been uh, to hear about the game, this. Game Changers uh, is out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it is the uh, continuation from the original movies where, um, uh, you know, obviously now the Mighty Ducks are a travel hockey team that uh, are a serious, you know, uh, serious ran organization now i mean this is you know a la like your travel aau team uh basketball wise so like they play for keeps uh one of the young boys on the team gets cut because he's just not keeping up with the joneses as far as his dedication to the team and the mother you know gets a little antsy at that and and cuts a promo in front of everybody uh going viral for talking about how serious competitive kids sports get and how you know they're just kids and she forms her own team which they dropped the ball on this one guys because as they named the teams that are in this quote unquote hockey team you have your old familiar you got the cardinals you had uh, another team from the original movie but a team forgotten the hawks there was Ooh. no hawks and i hoped and was on i was oh my fingers were crossed that the hawks were going to be the name of the team unfortunately they called themselves the don't bothers which was just absolutely weak sauce. Yeah. The irony in the, you know, the the Ducks being the reason why the Hawks folded, now the Hawks are being borne back to, to try and take down the Mighty Ducks. Would have been great. Story already written for you. We need that Cobra Kai finish. Yeah, yeah drop the ball, whatever. Um, but, you know, it's on episode three. Uh, Gordon Bombay has been the only returning character uh, from the originals to come back so far. Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez, yep. So we'll see where that goes. Now he is a, a man who no longer loves hockey. We don't know the exact reason why he stopped loving hockey or kids, but he has nothing to do with this team other than he rents out the ice rink to them. Uh, my initial theory is, and this isn't a Marvel show, so it's not quite the level of uh, – of uh, deep dive as this is, is I'm guessing he probably got fired from the the duck organization because you know he was like they're just kids, relax. I think it was all Mephisto's fault. I was gonna say it's Mephisto. yeah, yeah. Uh, or definitely. maybe it was Agatha all along. <laughs> yeah, so it's been a, it's a pretty good show. You know, it's definitely a family oriented show with a lot of you know the the innuendo adult humor. So it's definitely uh, worth a watch if you uh, are a fan of the old duck series. Uh, you know, I, I would I would recommend it. You know, get past the the, the don't bothers thing and, and just enjoy the, the show. It's been good so far. So that one, and they got the John Stamos one coming out. Uh, they they started advertising. The Trailer just came out for that yeah. like uh, two days ago. Yeah. I sent it to my. So obviously, my eleven year olds in the thick in the weeds of things of youth sports. So uh, she knows all about the travel scene, and she is a travel softball player. So. Uh, she she kind of knows the the ins and outs of it, so she watches the show, and I sent her the trailer for the uh, John Stamos basketball show. So yeah. we'll probably be catching that, and 
you know, I just, I, I love, I mean, I, my ducks were our jam back in the oh, day. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I saw D2 in theaters like 20 plus times when it was like four bucks to go see a movie. So ducks fly together. Ducks fly. Hey, flying V, baby. Uh, and I just rewatched the movies and unpopular take uh, might be controversial. D3 is the best one. Ooh. You stop that. Hot take. Me. Hot take. <laughs> you really, stop that. You the, stop that nonsense the, right the now. The varsity team is a real villain in all of the movies. Is a real villain. Like they actually struck fear in me as a youth. And when I rewatched the movie now, I was like, especially going through high school sports and having to play the varsity team in lacrosse, being on the JV team, I felt that pain that they felt being younger going against the big boys. So I get it, and I loved it. D three is definitely the best movie. Hot take. Hot take. Wow. Yep. I had that reaction with somebody else, too. They're like, what a bad... I go, just go back and watch the movies. I know Mighty Ducks. I know the original is such just a classic. classic. And it's a great story and everything. And then D2, Iceland. But, like, Iceland doesn't strike fear in me the way that the varsity team does. Oh, my God. Yep. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah. Stuffy11 on Twitter. Hey, I'm just saying, like, you really go back and watch them and, like... It's a really, I mean, the 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 ants in the varsity team's bedroom while they're sleeping. That's yeah. a classic prank. It's something to definitely check out. Uh, the show that is not D three, but D three is D three is watchable. I will yeah. say, it's, it's. I'm not saying this is like Batman like it, versus Superman anger. I, I, like I'm saying, like of all the movies where it's gone, you know that sequel that you're like, ah, oh, God, I wish he would have just stopped it too. They could have made a fourth. And I would have been all right with it. Ken, I got one for you. You can either watch D3 Mighty Ducks or Superman 4 Quest for Peace. You can only watch one of the two. D3. Ooh. Okay. Dude, yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah. No, Superman. I, you know what's funny, though? That's Pad, bad. Pad, That's... you bring that up. I actually, growing up, Quest for Peace was my favorite movie as of the Superman films. And I'll tell you why. Because uh, Solar Man struck fear in me as a child. I mean, I, I used to love the... George Clooney Batman movie when I was a kid. Too. Yeah. Because that was the first live action Batman movie I saw as a kid. Like, so as a kid, I loved it, but I grew up and was like, oh, this thing's a For piece of me, shit. it's a, the big thing is having a villain that strikes fear in me, also striking fear in our hero. And the varsity team did that to me as a kid, and Solar Man did that to me as a child. And that's just the way that I view my villains. They need to strike fear in me for me to be believing that it's that. But then, yeah, you watch quest for peace and you're like this is a dog shit movie yeah yeah dog shit I, no but i understand the time frame now that you yeah. put it that was like yeah like dog shit uh, yep dog shit movie yeah i wish that it could have been better because solar <laughs> man was sick solar man was such a good bad guy he had potential oh how can no. they how can they get you have the my voice yeah no oh. oh my god great oh, just close the curtains fantastic done see you solar man speaking of trailers yes Loki trailer dropped. Oh, yeah. also Batman Long Halloween trailer yeah. part one dropped. Yeah, I, I just got on my YouTube and saw that that was up. One interesting the fact that they're doing this, uh-huh. given the fact that Matt Reeves' soon to be Batman movie is based on the Long Halloween mm-hmm. uh, story. So I thought that was a little weird that they would let an animated movie come out doing the same story before the main movie because yeah. the yeah. animated movies, yeah. Are always so good. Yeah, they are. Uh, the only thing even close to that, but it was in the reverse, uh, was the Wonder Woman movie that came out a couple of years ago, where it featured a lot of elements from Wonder Woman's origin story that we just saw in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. It's 
it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. I mean, Jensen Eccles, though. Yep. Oh, voice yeah. of yeah. Bruce Wayne, finally. Yep. I'm still holding out hope he appears on the Arrowverse. There's time. I mean, there's still time to make that happen, but I'm definitely excited for it. And the Loki trailer, I thought it gave enough away, but yeah. without giving yeah. everything it away. Got, it got me interested enough beyond what the hell is going on other than he's jumping through time. Yeah, it got me. I Yeah, it definitely gave a lot of, like, this could have a lot of ramifications on the Marvel Universe, which at first when I thought it was just going to be kind of like a low-stakes comedy romp. But then like when you saw the trailer, you were like, no, there's real fuck. There's shit on the line yeah. here. Yeah. Like, I was already there for it because Tom Hiddleston is, as Loki is great. But I just I just needed something. Like, I'm going to watch it. There was no question. Oh, I might watch it. I might right. not. I'm going to watch it, but I just want to know what the hell is going on. Now that's trailer. Yeah, there's a there's bit. some definite ramifications that they're dealing with, like you know the yeah. Loki's up against it, and they've got to solve some problems. You took the Tesseract to disappear, which created a fracture in time. We got to fix that. Uh, where the hell were you for the entirety of Endgame? Yeah, exactly. So just to see how this is all going to play out, like, and let's not sleep on Owen Wilson. Uh-huh. Owen Wilson and the stash. Fuck yeah, uh-huh. I was there for that. I loved it. Wow. Yeah, yeah him. Like I say, him and Hiddleston are going to be fantastic. The back and forth. I just, I just need one wow from him in the show. Oh, you know you're getting that. That, that's like a given. That's in the contract. Uh, so uh, obviously that series is going to be dropping June 11th. You know what we'll be talking about here on the ODPH. But like I said, first trailer is out right now. And to close with, there was another trailer that dropped that I don't know if you two gentlemen are familiar with, and that is Jupiter's Legacy. No. Now, this is a book that was done by Mark Millar and Frank Quitely. Okay. Uh, it's a very independent book, uh, and it's the story of the world's first superheroes okay. who received their powers in the 30s, and in present day, they're the Elder Guard, but their superpower children are struggling to keep up with the legacy. So Sure. This is uh, straight off the Wikipedia. So, Because I have not read this series a lot. I do know about it, but I'm not enough to really say. Uh, but the trailer is out for Netflix. It's going to be on May 7th. It's oh. dropping. So Josh Dumal is the lead of this series. Okay. All right. So if you're looking for something to check out, I definitely recommend checking out. The, I like the trailer for what I saw. I have not picked up the book. Like I said, it's been a while since I've, I skimmed through it. So I'm not the expert on that. For you want more information on that, go shout out Simon and, Le- um, and Lex over the Wednesday pull list. Like They're big about this book. But the trailer is out. Definitely go check it out and definitely let us know what you think about that. So that all being said, the music you heard on this edition of the ODPH is that of Brian Wolf and Fair City Fire. Now, Brian is doing his Patreon concerts on Wednesday, correct, Pat? Correct. Is he doing a wrestling-themed Patreon this week? Uh, I don't think so. We should talk him into that. Well, maybe. I'm just going to throw that there's him doing wrestling-themed. But you find out about him on odphpodcast.com. So you swing on over to the music section there. You can check out everything going on with him. Shout at the Robots, Second Suitor, Tom Jolo, Yard Party, Floodlands, all the great music you hear on the show. Plus, you can swing over to the directory, which has organizational links supporting Black Lives Matter, Friends of the Show, and all the amazing pod groups we're in. And definitely shout out to our friends over at 8122 Productions, Rich Ron, Mike C., and hashtag Big Natty Cool. He is still on Twitter, Coach. Scary. Yes. And what's even scarier, Pat, are you ready? Uh-huh. Next week, because this is their third uh, year anniversary. Yep. So definitely want to shout out those guys. Three years of doing 3FN and all the amazing content in their neck of the woods. Amazing. Yeah. Next week is going to be a stream of a celebration of that, and they're going to be doing the live chip challenge. Is a paramedic? Is a par- oh, that's right. You were talking about that at one of the UFC fights. Is a paramedic going to be on standby? Because uh, I know we said it on a previous episode, but I think it bears repeating. These chips were bought a while ago. They've been sitting there. And, and I know with some hot stuff, 
you need to eat it right away because it only gets hotter with time. Yeah, this shit ages. Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't know if the one chip challenge or the one chip falls under that category, but I'm willing to bet it does. Yeah. Have some milk. They're, they're <laughs> going to be prepared. So it's going to be a fun night. Uh, I believe it's Saturday night they're going to be doing the stream. So definitely right. make sure to follow twitch.tv slash 67 podcast. And you can see Rich and Diesel partake in the one chip challenge. So that should be worth the price of admission alone. Uh, all that plus links to the T Public Store where there's a sale going on currently. You definitely want to swing on there and get some ODPA swag and so much more at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. That's all I got for this week. So for your coach, my coach, the coach, Coach Duffy. Good night and support Peter Rosenberg. For the one only Padawan J. I can't lose even when I'm even when I'm lose. I'm winning. Hashtag truth shall set you free. <laughs> I'm your host, Ken. Thank you as always for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time. <laughs>